Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, September 9th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of the two part CFI space, When Full Moon, discussing Luna, Lunk, and Adam astrology charts. Let's take a listen. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a little fantastic thing. You, all of a sudden, there's like an autistic test up in the up in the banner up there that was just epic i just uh I, I'm, I'm sad that that piece of the thing didn't get like um like you can't see that on the uh on the recording that'd be so much fun to kind of look at but that was really epic there's like a it's like a study you could do like a study on this thing it's hilarious i've been sending that stuff you know even during like the death spiral when people lost millions and they're really fucking angry at doquan i sent them this tweet when he did the autism test, I was like, well, you're right about some things, but, you know, he's a severely autistic guy. So, you know, we should understand that, you know, obviously navigating these social situations is very difficult. And, uh, you know, he's he's tried his best despite that, despite having a very sheltered life and like the severe autism and stuff um, and being in this position of like talking socially to millions of people. He's done all right, I think, you know, considering his autism level. What do you think? <laughs> these weird redirects to people and their head explodes. The funny thing is, he's actually pretty emotionally, largely normal. <laughs> he's not really particularly like, uh, if you've had enough conversations with him, he's just not like that. He is. Um, he is autistic. You, know. he is you think? Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm friends with a lot of his close friends. And I've talked to them, uh, like their personal conversations with him and stuff. And they say he's very like, um, kind of out of tune, like out of rhythm like weird like pauses and starts and stuff he doesn't like he doesn't have a kind of intuitive uh, normal sense of conversational rhythm he's more kind of in his own world and okay. i think one reason why q and a stuff like q and a formats suit him well because there's a question and then he answers and there's a question then he answers and you might not detect he's too autistic there but if it's right. a that's a good point yeah that's that's usually the context i've seen him in exactly like that's that's by design it like it's a kind of uh, an autism cover story. It, it, it protects it. It conceals it. Um, but, but people have said in like natural conversations, um, uh, I won't say their names because I don't want to throw them under the bus, but like people who are very close to him who said like natural conversations with him are very like clunky and, and janky. And like, yeah, he doesn't have a sense of rhythm at all. Yeah. It's kind of like what, when I got into it with Jack about how Jay Kwan, the, you know, like one of the founders of, um cosmos like it, he, he also has that kind of like unusual personality that nobody can quite vibe with right they can't like work with it very easily and like uh, so i was like hey but look jay is um he's a he's apologizing on twitter to all of you guys he's like you know i'm, I'm sad i hurt you blah 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 and like jack's like yeah that's like the fourth or fifth time he's done that like he just kind of does this like and then he goes back and does a whole 
then cause the drama again, which is kind of interesting. I, so, cause here I am like not knowing much about what's going on. Right. And so I'm like, Oh, maybe you should all like, you know, shake and shake hands and hug and kiss and fucking like, you know, go back, you know, like have a little smoke in a tent or something. And then like, you know, make everything great again. Right. Like make sure you're all like getting along and like this yeah. kind of get along gang idea is not going to work apparently. Cause he's, he's like got that like personality where it's just to- totally difficult to work with. Yeah. Sometimes people are just like, I don't know. You have to accept it, though. There's a lot of these these kind of abrasive, crazy, fucking chaotic types there. They're also like the the mental geniuses, right? Um, like Do Kwan, probably. I don't know. He's he's kind of autistic and and can be abrasive at times and can be in his own head and not too aware of things and and like the greater kind of ecosystem, if you like. Um, like like Do Kwan was always kind of uh, frowning upon like the social side of terror. And like he had this thing where where if you weren't building something, if you weren't developing something, if you weren't writing lines of rust, then you were like weren't really helping, and you should be building. <laughs> right? So, so like, that's exactly right. Um, friends of mine have, have sent me conversations with Doquan, like WhatsApp and stuff, and uh, they've said yeah, they've said to Doquan like, "What do you think about so and so?" Or they've sent him a tweet or something, and he's replied like. Um, like, why are you wasting my time with this? This isn't building. You know what I mean? Like, like kind of scolding <laughs> stuff in a really funny way. I can um, see that. Yeah, I can see that. In a really funny way. It's it's like he's he's this kind of weird, interesting machine where he, like every single um, component of the day is like towards this this higher imperative of building. He's like autistically compulsive. And then if other people don't display the same thing, he's like very judgmental towards them. Um, so it's yeah, the, an interesting the, thing. The classic thing was when I like it, it, it made it was really, really made apparent. Remember when he like, you know, tweeted against me sort of when I said, hey, you should meet up with Adam back and we can like chat. Like, you know, like you, you remember that? Like that was just like this moment where it, the whole community saw that and they were like, wait, what the fuck? Like, why did you say that? Like, you know what I'm saying? It was like. It's like, hmm. Uh, no, don't you, Steffi? What's and, that? Um, I'm, I'm the one who like got a close friend of, of Do Kwan to scold him a bit. Because <laughs> he kind of done this long term. And I, I'd, I'd like, even at the very start of, of Terror, I thought he had this mm, personality aspect was like, you know, flying a bit close to the sun. Okay. But also kind of this, this um, high tower where he doesn't really take feedback very well. So I saw things like that and I thought, hmm, that could be kind of destructive later on because there are these like big contributors. And I'm not saying you would ever take this personally because I don't think you are that kind of person. I think you 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 think things are more like funny and you appreciate Well, people. I mean, I look at it and I analyze it and I'm like, wait, what was that all about, right? Like you, like if you don't know him well enough, right? And you see this comment, well, you're like, hmm, that's weird. That's not thing. what I would say in that position, no, right? No, like here's the thing, like people who are, um, the, these like big social contributors, they tend to take things quite personally because they, they like pour all of their time and their emotions and their efforts into talking to people, evangelizing and educating and that kind of stuff. They're in all these spaces. They're very like people centered and, and they want this sense that you really appreciate what they've done. Um, and then if somebody kind of fires that at you and they're like the king of the ecosystem or something, you know, and, and you you feel you've done all this stuff for them to help them. It feels like a real fucking stab in the heart, right? So, so it wasn't like so much you, but I thought like this is a good opportunity to give him feedback. So I sent like a friend, like a load of feedback, and I was like, forward this to Doquan. <laughs> so he did, um, and then I got like Doquan's responses and stuff. It's quite interesting. Um, like I won't go into it in depth and like who and stuff, but but yeah, like he he was like really taken aback by it, 
And I also had this sense that, that from his responses to it, that, that he'd never really get feedback. Like he's one of those people who's kind of so high up and so in control of other people's salaries. Like even the people around him, even people on like LFG. So he has just a bunch of sycophants basically you're thinking. Yeah, even even people on LFG, like he's still kind of determining like their success because they're top ecosystem projects, right? TFL was like giving them devs and stuff and giving them funding and whatever else. And he could bless them and retweet them and promote them and stuff. Like there was this like highly intricate financial relationship where he could kind of uh, determine their riches. Right. So it's very hard for anyone like that, even that close, to give any kind of honest feedback to someone. So I saw Do Kwan as like this guy in this kind of high tower who never really got feedback from those around him in a kind of an unhealthy way. Um, so, yeah, like I insisted that, that. But at the same time, he's not the type of person that's going to notice uh, issues either, because like no. his ability to detect emotion in others is probably like somewhat hampered. Right. So he's kind of like. You know, like exactly like the like the comment he made to me. I was like, wait, what was that all about? Like, you know, like why why would you do that? Like, I can understand. Okay, maybe he's busy and this and that and the other thing. And like, there may be reasons why you might lash out one day, right? That's just it happens to people all the time. But like right. that particular <laughs> moment when you're actually doing that in front of Adam, that was weird. I was like, whoa, like like why would you want to like exert that personality at that moment when this guy is like? I, and literally, I was kind of defending him, sort of because like. Adam was like basically um, saying things like, um, you know, I don't understand how this works, blah, blah, blah. And there's a bunch of, you know, people on like, like counterpose, you know, like responding to the guy who don't have any expertise in the problem. Right. So I, all I really said was, hey, maybe, you know, uh, Joe yeah. might be interested in addressing this. Right. It was like, it was like genuinely helpful kind of thing so that we don't have like, you know, the reputation of this thing marred in public or whatever. No. And, um, you know, like it was like it was a like purposefully like like it was meant to be kind of useful. And that response was so weird. It was like it was very autistic. It was like, wait, what? Like, 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 why would you respond in this way among all things? Or why don't you just DM me and just say, hey, by the way, like, like, I'm too busy. Don't uh, like try to yeah. like set up me with like no, not conversations much, with these people. Not much like theory of mind with with a lot of that stuff. And and his response was kind of like uh, people should know like how busy I am and stuff and and working on this stuff. He was I, I don't want to like detail it, but like yeah. He was a bit like startled <laughs> there was any feedback at all and that he'd done anything wrong at all. But he was also kind of like thinking from his perspective, like, you know, I'm busy doing all these things and da da da. People shouldn't be demanding my time because they should realize how busy I am. Like no sense of really like stepping into your shoes as like this this kind of like voluntary ecosystem contributor who's trying to like help it. Um so yeah, that was interesting. Like, yeah. I think I think at this stage though, after this massive fucking crash. You know the the fall of uh, um, you know the person who fell um, after flying too close to the sun. I think there's going to be kind of a rewiring in his head, which will be quite interesting. <laughs> I, I do think it's funny. Like, it, let's say, for example, like when SJ asked me, I actually like, oh yeah, like um, you know, I'm I'm a avid crypto enthusiast or whatever the hell, right? So like, oh, like I'll like stop my you know position as a you know, pulmonary critical care physician, all these hospitals and institutions and stuff. And I'm going to go and like, you know, go hang out with the gang at TFL at you know, South Korea or whatever. And then uh, it would have been like a really, really bad timing, <laughs> like to have this whole thing crash right when, uh, like, like, right when I decided to like quit my job and move over there. It's like the classic crypto bullshit story, right? So, but like after an hour conversation with SJ, I'm like, um, you do realize like I'm a 
physician, right? Like, like I know you guys like thought maybe like it might be interesting, like contributor or team member or something like that, maybe organizer. Um, not sure exactly. Like it was kind of like a maybe like a marketing spokesman. I think they felt like well, they didn't have someone like a Michael Saylor or something like that to kind of like get out there and speak and like you know they don't want Doe like doing this all day long. So they like guess they were trying to make me like some kind of mouthpiece or something. And um, you know after like an hour with him, I'm like, Ooh, I don't think I'm going to like, <laughs> certainly not going to do this, but I don't think they realized like what I did for a living and stuff. And uh, I was like, I don't think you can afford me. Like, I don't think, uh, I'm not sure what you're going to pay out, but like, it better be pretty good. <laughs> mm. I also think in, it's, it's kind of good that they reached out to you though. Cause I also think I've noticed like TFO and stuff, they tend to hire like a lot of autistic devs. And like people, it's almost like the the central mind of the thing, like Do Kwon values a certain thing in others, like a, a certain like autism and kind of compulsive industriousness and stuff. And it kind of seeks out the same thing again and again and again. You see this in a lot of projects, right? There's like this massive imbalance of personalities where it's like all devs and all like, um, you know, technical proficiency and, and product development and stuff, but no like story and kind of socially capable and and understand like how other people see it and stuff and what's necessary for marketing communication and stuff. So I think it's kind of good that they reached out to you. Like that's a, that's a positive sign. I think, um, they probably got the message that, you know, you need a different personality type. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, and, and I'm not even sure I was that personality type, but the point is like, yeah, there's like a, a different style that has to happen. And if you meet a lot of people that are super technical, like they work in, you know, maybe like work in certain, uh, like like very sciencey types of positions, for example, they they they're not necessarily the ones that are going to be out there marketing the same product. It's just not doesn't make any sense. Mm. I think an interesting turnaround would have also been like I'm doing that anyway, just not officially. So here's my donation wallet. <laughs> that's well, that's what I, I did actually. I said, you know, I, like no, I said I just donate my time. I think it's interesting. I think the project is fascinating. Blah blah blah. Like I I, I love the project and think it's cool and. I think it's interesting just being a community sort of like contributor. Just let me know if you want to do something, um, you know, but I don't really expect to be paid for it. Basically is kind of what I said. I thought it would actually have been fun actually to do some kind of like maybe uh, I thought it'd be interesting actually to do some sort of like documentary in a sense, like maybe do a series of like interviews like this, like just go and have like a recording mm -hmm. of like people in the the teams or whatever, like, like, let's say this became really big one day, like people want to know, like, okay, you know, what happened? What were the interactions with these people? And maybe like they can tell their story kind of thing. Because I remember there was also this discussion of, oh, we're going to make a movie and blah, 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 the history of all of this, right? Like they were getting into that mode. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, that might be fun. So yeah, I was just kind of thinking of like, what would be fun just like, because I, I didn't want to really like go into something that felt like work, right? I already, I already do work. Like, why do I want to do that? So no, exactly. you know, this is something that would be kind of entertaining, something fun, but it never really um yeah but i at the same time like it just never got that far to be able to do all that shit mm, yeah i'm the same like something has to be it has to be really good like even with the validator stuff right it's like i don't know like the eighth business i've made or something so i don't really need to do it so if i am going to do it it needs to be fun <laughs> so, right but like right. I, need, I need to be fucking around on twitter and like doing these spaces and things and like having fun and it wouldn't be fun if I was like totally random. So there's like an element of, of like learning there and kind of actually doing something like there's a mission there. Like there is value in the Lunk ecosystem. But at the same time, I'm never going to compromise like that, that harder fun. Because if I did, it just wouldn't be something I would ever do. You know what I mean? But like there's an interesting thing where um, because it's fun, it's very viral. 
So, so there's like an aspect of this that people underestimate, right? They get all serious and they think I, I need to convey this, this professional persona and be serious at all times. But then the thing kind of dies and like they don't really love doing it and their ability to sustain it over time really decreases. Whereas me, it's like, okay, I'm just going to keep fucking around <laughs> and have fun every day. And like, we're also going to do actions and I'm going to, you know, delegate some of the technical work and do some of it myself and stuff on an ongoing basis. But at the same time, like it, the core of it is like a lot of play. And that's like why I do it in the first place. Otherwise, it just wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, or at least the people you're hanging out with, they're having, they're, they're fun. You know, there has to be some, there has to be something to it, right? Like, because if you spend a fair amount of time on something and you already have, you already make money doing something else or whatever. Uh, yeah, like what is that like X factor that makes it interesting and kind of keeps it yeah. like, different every day? And there's a different optimization as well. Like I realized um, in the past and stuff that if I acted like this kind of slick professional, like, yeah, we have uh, enterprise hardware and 100% uptime and, you know, your money is safe with us. And if I said that kind of stuff all the time and just acted like this fucking nerd, probably I'd get more delegations because people would be like, yeah, this is a trustworthy entity and stuff. And now, like, if I act like crazy on Twitter and, and say, say crazy things and start confronting like CZ and stuff as I did, like people are like, CZ is going to be so offended by that. I'm undelegating from Lungsdale, right? People actually like like a like a billion worth of, of lunk undelegated from lunk down the other day after that tweet the CZ That's one. That's so funny, right? So so like, <laughs> really fucking emotional and like they they just like retards like get really emotional reactions and stuff. And I'm actually losing because of it. But like at the same time, I don't really care because because like, I'd rather have fun and like be myself. And it's it's also like as a personality, uh, as a person who's I don't know wants to. I don't want to ever like filter myself in any way. I'd rather just like be me. The, the the kind of general approach is like, I'll be me and show my personality and say my thoughts and like never filter. And then whoever likes me or whatever will come around me and be in these spaces. And the, the followers of Lunkdao who like the humor will be around there and stuff. Like in the past, I've, I've written like kind of dark humor tweets and stuff and posted them. And the people have like been really outraged. And then I've commented like, Lunkdown isn't for you. It's people with a sense of humor. Just go away. <laughs> like, like it's just not for you. You know, it, it's for people with like uh, normal social skills and a sense of humor and like a, an IQ over seventy. You know, it's not for you. It's not your product. I can recommend a range of other products for you. Um, you know, if you'd like to investigate them, go ahead. Like, not not too harsh. Just like you know, it's just not for you. Like the the. The, the product uh, customer fit here isn't isn't something that is occurring. Um, you, you can go and investigate some other validator. So I've done things like that all the time, just like, you know, okay, there's going to be some loss here. There are going to be people who don't like it. There are going to be people who, like, cry and get outraged and say, oh, my God, he's offending CV. He's ruining the lung movement and stuff. But, like, okay, I'm, like, willing to deal with that because I'd rather create kind of a business entity and a personal presence in this little community and stuff and Twitter that is just enjoyable and that attracts people who are actually like me. And if there's some collateral damage to that, like who cares? Like it's a voluntary thing anyway. I, I think it's funny that like, so we were hanging out the other day and uh, I think, was it yesterday morning? Yeah. Maybe yesterday morning. And uh, this massive like Luna classic crowd in the room, right? Like just, just, just going fucking nuts. Like there's, they're all like, you know, like rah, 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 you know, Luna classic. So everyone's in the room and um, like, then I'm like, okay, we need to like, um, do something about this stupid Binance thing. So I, I, I tweet like at, at, I didn't even I, like, I didn't put in the app symbol and like put Binance in the name or anything like that. I just sort of said like, okay, we're going to like shut down their, their wallet and we're going to lock them up and blah, blah, blah. There's some bullshit. Right. 
And just the engagement on that was just ridiculous. The number of people that are like, yeah, take down Binance, blah, 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 right? And then after you posted it, and again, massive amounts of engagement. And the next thing, you know, like Binance is responding to you. I thought the entire thing was just hilarious. Like, and it was totally extemporaneous too. Like we didn't even like, 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 you know, it was like that second we just, I just sort of did it. That was it. Like it just came out of the blue, right? It's kind of like vibing with a crowd and then like, mm-hmm, what, what can we do to make like gin up this crowd, like get the whole thing crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> The same thing with the David uh, thing today. It's like, I don't remember. How did you get him in here? Like what, what we were talking about him for some reason. Next thing you know, it's like, boom, he's here. Like, <laughs> I have these weird models of how things should work, like in business and stuff. It's also weird, like how arrogant people are, like these, these like, uh, I don't know, like, like guys with five followers who have been on uh, Twitter for like four years. And like nobody cares about anything they've ever written. They're the ones who are getting outraged and like telling you how to run your business. It's like, Jesus, I've just like built this Twitter page of, of 70K people in a few months and like this lunk thing and like serial entrepreneur and stuff. I think I kind of realized like what is <laughs> what is going to work and what isn't. And I don't think you're like my, my business consultant here. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's weird. It's like people have this, this sense of how things should be run, whether it's business or like, I don't know, like social situations and stuff. People can also be quite policey. Uh, but like, I don't know, it's weird. It's like the most unqualified people are the loudest quite often. Yeah. Like in responses and things like that. Yeah, that's true. Everywhere. Yeah. It's like the, the funny thing is like, as we like, as we go along, it's hilarious that like, this, these ideas emerge and then we're like, Oh, let's run with it. Let's do it. <laughs> you know? Like Addy's like, Hmm, uh, let's just, uh, check your, um, star chart. And I'm like, okay, whatever, let's do it. <laughs> like next thing you know, we're like, it's, it's just like this, uh, it's fun having this like extemporaneous thing and like slightly, like, like everyone's slightly different. Right. Like, so you have this like quirky mm-hmm. interaction where everyone has like some shit they do. That's really weird. Like, you know, I have this like, you know, like crypto fetish or whatever. Addy has her little like, um, you know, astrology thing. And then, you know, and she's got her purses and everything. And then you've got like this, uh, this wackadoodle thing you do and like have this like validator and everything. And, like the whole thing is just strange. Like it's, uh it's like it's like it's like people that would not have like otherwise like met on the street and like even if you had like met a group of people at like a i don't know a party or something right it's not the same thing it's like the like 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 what situation outside like some sort of like weird social club on the planet right where that you would have this lengthy of a conversation about some crazy shit right it's just this interesting Mm. Uh, concept yeah Kathy, i think you underestimate my ability to have really strange conversations with people in real life yeah no, I, I, no i'm saying it, like i'm sure you do like i'm just saying like this is a, <laughs> the opportunities for it though right like where where are you having these conversations that are so weird mm. the way i see it is like yeah uh, that makes sense describe this before at some point but I, I just like a year ago, I signed up to Twitter, like somebody else has, has sent me a Twitter that was quite interesting. And I just started like um, posting spontaneous thoughts. Like whenever something made me laugh, I just posted it, splattered it out. I had this like kind of philosophy or devotion of I'm not going to edit anything. I'm not going to double think anything. I'm never going to um, plan anything. Just whenever I have a thought, I'm going to start posting it. So I did that. And then for a while, I thought like, it was just kind of an interesting kind of creative outlet because if you if you chunk your creativity into these tiny little segments like tweets, it's quite easy to be consistent with it, right? As opposed to say uh, writing a book, which is like a lot longer. And a yeah, lot more- like for, I agree. Like um, actually, David made a comment about this earlier. It's like that's the Facebook problem. Like 
like I had to engage a lot of people during like COVID related stuff as a, you know, pulmonary physician, like, you know, it's literally what I do. And um, so it was like, you know, I had to like garner support of the community for certain things and get everyone together. And like, so that we, you know, make sure a lot of people don't die, the whole thing. Right. So, but like the, the length of the posts tend to be long because like, you know, if you're trying to be very technical, but you're very educational and everything, right? Like you can't be short form. You have to like, you got to get into it. You have to get into the details. And the problem is it was taking me like almost like an hour, like maybe sometimes an hour and a half. I'd have to get up in the morning and drink some coffee and sit there and like type this shit, right? Find, you know, some literature and like, you know, go into the nuances, but Twitter's, and, but, and to do that consistently day after day, right? In order to get like a specific amount of followers and people wanting to keep up with you just it was just a lot of work and that was and and it's hard to stay consistent like you said but in tweets it's a little easier to like uh do a small amount of your time per day but be consistent yeah it just allows you to like splat and then you look back and fuck you've posted a thousand tweets and like the body of work is quite interesting um but but the other thing that i experienced with twitter is it's like an interesting thing i kind of it's almost like your your brain is on a raft I don't know why I thought of like, um, what's that movie with the guy Castaway, right? He has this um, little football. What's the what's the football's name? I can't remember. Um, can you Wilson. remember that? Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. yeah Wilson. But... I'm imagining like for some reason like a brain on a raft, like a castaway raft. And it's like the more you post and the more you speak and the more you're in these spaces, it, it's like somehow that raft is floating towards like an island of your people. If that makes sense, like like the more you post, the more you create, the more you say things, the more you write, the more you do whatever on Twitter. It's like you float more and more and more towards people who are kind of similar to you or at least to understand and appreciate you. And that's quite interesting because eventually you get this like almost like an island. And maybe you could describe this space as something like an island of, of people who um, appreciate similar things or, or want to be involved in the conversation or who are um, enthusiastic about the same topics to to participate. Right. It's like a very interesting kind of situation where you just kind of float gradually towards your people. And then uh, you have an interesting situation where the, the people you meet and talk to are probably people who would make better real life friends than your real life friends <laughs> in terms of like their, their interests and their, their kind of um, their leanings and, and, and whatever they're interested in. And like they're more similar to you in many ways than, than many of your real friends are. Well, it's, it's like what people try to do and they try to go on like um, either dating apps or they go on like, you know, I don't yeah. know, marriage apps or like Tinder or whatever the hell they're doing. Right. Like what they're doing is they're trying to like increase the odds that they're going to find someone interesting. Right. That's the whole point. And like in, in these settings, like when there's no actual obligation to actually go do anything with anyone, but you can actually just kind of like, it's like a meeting of the minds. It's oh, love just, it. it's like, oh, um, it's like, there's no, there's no scrolling and matching and stuff. It's just like organic production, the kind of thing you would want to do anyway. And people who appreciate it organically, like without any kind of agenda. So I've like had, you said, like if, if people yeah. don't like your goofy ass humor or like, you know, whatever, like the thing is like, they will just disappear, right? They'll literally leave the space like it says right. the title. So you're it's floating, like, you're floating away from, from those who are kind of dissimilar or outraged or whatever. And I kind of poke fun of that by saying like, you know, this isn't for you. This is only for people with a sense of humor and <laughs> stuff like that. But like, it's the same with spaces, uh, like in, in many ways, like the way I kind of act, like talk about squirting and go on these weird detours and stuff. It's just, it's a kind of elimination drive 
Do you know what I mean? It's like there's a part of it that's funny, but at the same time, there's part of it that's just a fucking filter. It's like a survival of the fittest. It's like, like this. Um, like, if I'm like on a test. Yeah. And, and like even more generally, like with girls and stuff, I'm quite like flirtatious. And that's because I just want to like filter it out. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like I want to express like a sexual intention quite early because I just don't want to waste my time. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to waste the time of, of investigating or, or doing something that there isn't potential for. I'd rather just like be, be quite straight and open and transparent and like exactly what I am right at the start. And like whatever my intention is, is right there for them to see. And then they can just run away, like <laughs> run away up the street or, or leave the space or whatever, or block Lunkdow. Like it's all fine. And, and eventually you just get a congregation of people who are like, okay, we appreciate this. We have the same sense of humor. And then I think a cool thing here is that, that like say with Lunkdow, say with this, this Dow thing I'm running, um, the people who you're eventually left with are really fucking loyal. Like they're quite tribally like interested. You provide something new, like they're uniquely entertained. And they realize that what you, what you emit, like what you emanate is something very different to other things. And then um, say like when I have a project down the road, like a, I don't know, like an NFT project or I build something or whatever else, those people are going to be really fucking invested because, because there's not just like a, a money-making thing. There's also kind of a cult of personality. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, for example, um, like in the, the so the, this gym that we built, like one of the big things was like the, the guy that sort of runs it there. It's not like nobody wants to see me uh, like as the owner of this gym. It's just not like, you know, I'm not that into the like um, ultra athletics that these guys are into. Right. So like it's I'm the wrong spokesperson. So the guy that we got into it with sort of is like the face of the thing and like you know, vibes with the people that like go to this particular place. It's like performance style gym. Right. So it's like, you, you don't necessarily, um, like, I don't know, it, you, you may not be the particular spokesperson for that thing, but you know what that looks like, right. You know, the type of person, the like the personality needed for that. Like, um, they do this in Vegas a lot. Like, um, if you like, if you go down the strip in Las Vegas, like, um, like there's tons of hotel, I mean, like tons of restaurants and those restaurants are like, Oh, it's Emerald's restaurant or whatever, Anthony Bourdain or whatever. Like they have a very like specific, um, chef whose name they put on there. Even if it's not, it, people act like the dude's actually cooking there. He's not right. But like the menu or whatever is created by them. But like this cult of personality is very, very common in Vegas where like every single place has like a singer or a comedian or some shit. And there has to be a name and a, and a name that people know attached to it, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, that, that personality thing is like kind of super, it's really super important for certain types of, uh, certain types of businesses and certain types of like marketing, I guess. Yep. Doe Kwon has just posted, uh, Fat Man has posted for a long time about this like TFL wallet, uh, these claims as a TFL wallet and, and Doe has just said it's not a TFL wallet. <laughs> it's quite funny. He's, just, <laughs> he's come out of his shell to post on like, Twitter again. I, I like that there's the sense that he just let Fat Man talk and other haters talk for like four months and then like they can go too far and they can start to, do you know what I mean? Like he wasn't in the trenches arguing with them. He just let them do their thing. And then they all got kind of carried away in a very like egoic way, kind of how he did. Um, and they went too far in many ways. Like fat man is saying all kinds of weird stuff, like posting pictures of, of, uh, people's houses. Like, why is he living in that house? <laughs> if, he, if he didn't exit with 80 billion a month or whatever. Um, so, so like they went too far, they got too emotional and stuff. And now like Do Kwon could just point out like you were wrong in a hundred ways and, and here's why. So yeah, it's cool. Go ahead. Uh, Cyan. 
now my OCD was kicking in. I didn't want to disrupt the flow of the conversation, but uh, the Wilson is a volleyball. <laughs> so how'd uh, they get you uh, with that, Coach? Yeah, no football. Yeah, I thought of that too, but I didn't really. It was a rugby ball, but it wasn't. It's, the, it's my it's my OCD. <laughs> I thought it was a rugby ball for some reason. Let me have a look. I think it's definitely a volleyball. I don't think Wilson makes rugby ball. <laughs> Maybe they do. 100% volleyball. I think they make every ball. They actually make every ball, I believe. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I've seen I've seen them on footballs actually. This is like a critical thing everyone's like looking I, I, up right I, now. I, I, I did take an edible, so I might be wrong. Um, but I I want to yeah. I guess I have to support Coach Bruce. So. Mm. But I was going to say earlier as well, like, so, so, so my visual image is like a brain on a raft and you're floating towards your people and you eventually end up there in like these spaces. But it's quite an interesting situation because the, the people you find might be more, um, they might be very similar on a mind level, but at the same time you sacrifice like the distance. So it's like a, a weird trade-off where, where your mind is kind of gravitating towards people who are very similar to you or appreciate the same things or have the same sense of humor, which might be quite rare to find in your real life. But at the same time, like they're really fucking far away. So for me, like what I'm going to have to start doing is like just paying for like shitloads of flights for girls. Like every few days, I'm going to have to fly a new girl in. I'm going to, you know, like, you know, come to me on Tuesday, um, you know, so-and-so you can come to me on Thursday. I'm just going to have to need to, to fly them all in um, and, and fuck them all and send them back. And like that, that's kind of annoying on the one half, but at the same half, on the same time, it's like, um, if they're flying in from America and I'm having sex with them all, they're probably not going to assume there's any commitment there. They're probably just going to let it be a relaxed thing. Like there's, there's, there's kind of like this relaxed adventure, which is going to enjoy our time together. I might not see you again, or I might see you in a few months or whatever. And that's quite cool because it's like less pressure than real life. You know, my plan now is just to like, I don't know, have sex with, with all of my followers, like all of my female followers, um, all of the girls here, you know, Addy, Natasha, I plan to have sex with all of you. I think I can give you a wonderful experience. Let me know what your what your like timeline is and your calendar is. Um, I can fly you over to London and, and we can have a wonderful time. Wait, so you I think you that flying, me at first. You think <laughs> flying a girl across the Atlantic would make her think that it's casual? I think that that she would consider it more of an adventure. And more of something mm. like a kind of a precious experience that she can cherish and enjoy, like like going to a foreign country for some mysterious guy. Like it's uh, yeah, I would say that she wouldn't um, she wouldn't imagine that it's like a long term commitment. Um, not that not that I would be close to it, but I think in most girls' mind they would think like that's that's an adventure, um, and and like if it goes further, that's like down the road, right? Um. I, I decline this um, generous offer. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about the, the other Natasha, not you. Okay, excellent. That makes me feel good. That's good. Addy, like, like, okay, would you, I mean, would you move in to my apartment in London uh, now? Would you be comfortable doing that? Um, like, right, like tonight, like right now? Yeah. Sure. Are you offering? Yeah, yeah, I'm offering. But I don't know. I, I think, like, if, hmm, 
I don't know if I, I would start like a very long distance relationship. You hadn't really thought this out exactly. Yeah, wait, he like, didn't think I was going to say yes. And now he's like backtracking and it's no, making no, no. me feel really insecure and kind I'm of sorry. like, yeah, you're fucking up here. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. you find out whether people would, would, would be willing to move, right? I are. actually sort of think like um, my opinion on like long distance relationships, granted, I've never been in one that's like on a different continent but mm. i actually think that um i've been in like multiple relationships where they started long distance and i actually think it can like really um like get the relationship off to a really good start i don't know why yeah. i just think that it like works well with like relationship dynamics to have like periods of like um have you ever heard the expression where it's like men fall in love in the space like the space between like when you're with them. Mm. I don't know. I just think it works really well, but only for maybe certain types of people, I guess. Like, um, I guess if you're somebody that needs to like see their partner, like constantly, then yeah. probably not for you. But like, I think some people are maybe better suited to it. I've, I would say I've seen relationships fail because people saw each other too much and there wasn't oh, enough definitely. to miss each other um like it's yeah. like very kind of needy guys and stuff just seeing girls way too much yeah like sort of like like available. that is kind of i think from like when it's coming from a guy especially like it's kind of exhausting and it really like kind of yeah. turns you off like i've was seeing somebody we weren't like yeah he wasn't my boyfriend or anything but he was very like like you know, like I'd see him and then it would be like, I'd get a text like a couple hours later, like, Oh, do you want to go out tomorrow or something? And I was like, Oh, that's way too much. And then I stopped seeing him because of that. But it's like, you really want to give somebody time to miss you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think girls, especially they need to, they need to miss you. They need they, And they also want to build up excitement, right? Like for me, if I plan a date and it's like, we're going to meet on Saturday or something, we're going to go to some place. Like after I set that date, I'll just, I'll just like do my thing. I'll work, I'll work on my businesses and whatever. I'll attend these spaces for 18 hours. Like I won't really, <laughs> I won't, I won't really like be messaging 24 seven. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll let that. Yeah. Oh, I'll that definitely them, makes them like, like, like then they're like thinking about you, you know, all the time. So, we, so we're sort of like helping you uh, span that space. Like, you know, you've got like a few days to go and like, you just kind of fuck around <laughs> here until like yeah, you yeah, get yeah. the real action on. Like if I wasn't in these spaces, then I'd be fucking texting the whole time. So this is like a, a, a helpful distraction that allows me to control and manipulate the woman. <laughs> Do people even still date? Like, is that still a thing? No, not really. Just yeah, kind of... I always thought that was stupid. Wait, too. what the hell do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, I, I never really dated my husband. I mean, we've been married for over 10 years. I We never really believed in that. But Like, what, wait, wait. So how'd you, did you just like meet him and marry him? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, no, it wasn't arranged. <laughs> Wait, no, so like, what was the timeline? Like, when did you meet him and when did you get married? I met him on the internet and I was very much not looking for a relationship. But mm -hmm. lo and behold, um, we ended up hitting it off. Uh, we got engaged within three weeks of knowing each other. We got married at the six month mark, and we've been together for over ten years. Mm. Yeah, that works wow, for some crazy. people. That kind of I mean, so what you guys right. are all doing? <laughs> My should I not be dating? 
No, I just, we, we, so the reason I say that is because I never really liked dating. And so I told him, Hey, I don't like dating. And he was like, neither do I. Oh, so like when you say dating, do you mean like, um, when you're like seeing multiple people sort of like testing the waters and then working towards like, you know, who do I want to like be committed with? Is that what you mean? Or do you mean like, like, uh, quite literally like being in a relationship like oh this is my boyfriend this is my girlfriend this is my Mm. partner whatever you'd just rather be like absolutely like 100 percent like we're married or i think it was i'm just too intense to to do like in just in this is my personality i do not advise this for everybody like i'm just way too intense to date around and i don't really like people that much so it would be difficult for someone with my personality to test the waters. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I wasn't, I didn't have very many relationships um, before I met him. Um, so I just, I prefer the one-on-one thing and getting to know him. Um, that makes sense. Oh, about dating. Like, but we lived, we lived together, like within the three weeks we moved in and it's like, you know, it is what it is. You know, that's what I mean. If you think about it, in pagan times, they didn't do the whole like who paid for half and, you know, who drank that extra Chardonnay because how am I paying her five dollars extra for glass? Like there was none of that shit. People just moved in. You know, I didn't want to do I don't like dealing with that or anything. So that, but that's just me. It doesn't work for everybody, you know. Yeah, I think that there's like I actually like most people that I know. Um, not people, women that I know, like, I would say generally, and this is probably the same for me, like, are not like dating around, like, do usually there's like one person that's like, kind of like the primary focus. And maybe you're like, going on a date or two from time to time, in addition to that, but I'd say like, usually there's sort of like a main person of interest, you know, until, you know, you are in an in a relationship but i don't know how other people manage their love lives so yeah. i have no idea either i would say f- for me like a recent transition has been like the internet is really fucking interesting so so like i was never really on social media much before about a year ago this whole twitter thing and and yeah, like, it's pretty much the same here other stuff it's, it's very recent for me and like in the past i was just like obsessed with business and doing martial arts and i lived as a monk for like almost two years a buddhist monk and stuff like that and and this is like a new exploration for me and i would say in the past like i've dated a lot of quite like mm, like like quite quite beautiful and pretty girls and stuff but at the same time like personality wise um often out of resonance like just just somehow like out of sync and i kind of compartmentalized my life right i never really talked about a lot of things with them because i thought they just wouldn't really appreciate it or understand it and then I had like these these kind of outlets. I guess like now is <laughs> this whole Twitter thing is an outlet. Like my my ex girlfriend never knew about my Twitter, right? It was just like this this kind of thing I did like on my own, like when I was on the toilet or in a taxi or in an elevator or something. I do little tweets and things, and and like when I was with her, it was just like kind of pure playfulness and like these silly fights I was talking about and and just like passion and sex. And we go on adventures and you know rent some Airbnb in some cool place, like a log cabin in some remote like forest or something. We we had this kind of like adventurous kind of playful relationship but at the same time like there was a lot I didn't share with her because I thought she just wouldn't really appreciate it or get it on some level so I've always kind of compartmentalized myself in that way 
and kind of shared a certain aspect with girls and then kind of had my own things and my own missions and my own businesses and whatever. Um, and now I'm kind of realizing that like, you know, like the, the real life is kind of hard to meet someone who's really in sync with you. Um, you're going to like, for me, I met like a lot of quite beautiful girls, but at the same time, like not really resonant on a, like a personality aspect. Um, and now it's like the internet is kind of an interesting thing in that maybe what Natasha said, like she met her, her now husband online. It, it's, it's quite interesting for me because, because like building a, a Twitter following and stuff and talking to a lot of girls on the internet and stuff, I'm finding girls who kind of genuinely get it and like understand my sense of humor and stuff and are like interested in the same kind of things. So now it's like an interesting situation where it's like, okay, there, there are actually girls out there who I would probably like quite a lot, but at the same time, they live quite far away. So I just need to like ship them in. I think <laughs> it's like, it's like a different thing. I never expected it to happen. And it's not like I'm actively pursuing it, but just like organically, I, I've met like a lot of interesting people and, and girls and stuff I've talked to. And I've realized that like, hang, you know, these, these girls I'm meeting are, are better than the real life ones in terms of like similarity. Um, just cause I'm a bit of a freak, I guess. Hey, just want to say, don't feel bad about the, you're not a freak for not meeting anyone in real life. I could not meet anyone in real life to save my life. Never mind that in my early twenties, I was in immaculate shape. I had a career, blah, 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 blah. And literally I did not attract a single male or female. I did not attract anybody. And I just felt like I was like, geez, I must be the ugliest looking thing in the world. Or I must, there must be something wrong with my personality or, but no, it's just, you know, when you're at a different frequency from other people, it's, it's different, you know, it's just different. So you're, it's, please don't feel like there's no, something. No, off, you know? Like, like I've, I've had like a fuckload of relationships and, and like short-term dating and stuff like, um, yeah, probably like the opposite in that way, but like nobody, it's, it's probably 10 years ago. Uh, I really like uh, 10 years ago, probably today that not, well, not today, but like about 10 years ago was the last time I was like truly in love with a girl. And then like, since then just kind of, um, exploring like date, I've probably been on like, I don't know, hundreds of dates and had like a, a lot of relationships that lasted about three to six months. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's definitely incredibly hard to find someone similar. If you're, I, I guess, a bit of an outlier, right? Like a bit of a person who's like not just a kind of a, I don't know. I, I don't want to like toot my own trumpet or something, but I'm a bit like odd in my interests and stuff and what I've done and my experiences and like my personality. It's a little bit odd, a bit like freaky. I think, Sefa, you're a bit freaky as well um, in terms of like <laughs> kind of an outlier. Um, so it's quite hard to, to meet people. Um, and, and I think like a lot of my relationships have, have kind of fallen apart because I just didn't really like, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't able to share everything with them. And on some level, I didn't quite like them enough, I guess. Um, and that like feeling of not liking them enough and like truly sharing everything kind of in many ways, kind of destructed things over time. Um, because you really want to find someone that you can share everything with, right? Like you can kind of open yourself completely and, and share your whole personality and like everything is out there, which is another reason why I find Twitter quite funny. Cause it's like my most fucking sordid, ridiculous <laughs> like thoughts and stuff are all out here. Like I'm talking about squirting and stuff 
and uh, whoever, like whatever girls are in these spaces listening to me talk about squirting and penis pumps and all kinds of crazy shit, like they're probably like the ones that are going to be like the, the good choices, I would say, right? Because they've already accepted my worst parts. Like <laughs> they can probably accept my good parts after like experiencing the, the fullness of my most sordid, ridiculous parts. Yeah, but some things you just do just to be controversial. That's not necessarily like, like it's not necessarily a, an actual true like. No, everything you say is a true personal obsession, right? So it's no, no. It's, it's like it's all fun, but at the same time, like they're they're appreciating the playfulness and the humor and stuff. Like it's it's like they get it on some level. If they I didn't. think you should start like giving women that you're dating your Twitter right from the beginning. Um, I think that it actually is a really good like bonding experience. Mm. Um, I, you know, the, a flip side, Addy. You know, like I think, like maybe he needs kind of the opposite too. It's like some woman really? that tells him he's a fucking idiot or something. Well, <laughs> you know, I feel like, like maybe like to balance I don't know. it out. <laughs> like I find like if I like give an example, the person that I'm seeing now, um, has a really fucking weirdo Twitter, like super strange bizarre and when i found out about it i was like wow he's so much more interesting than i thought he was and so like that really like worked in his favor um so i think it could actually be a good thing and then you're also sort of like weeding out the type of people that like maybe you wouldn't want in the long run if they don't understand that stuff from the beginning and they don't have to get all of it but like it could be like a a good little like test a litmus test of sorts a litmus test bullish i'm just gonna say i'm bullish on this conversation um there was something that i wanted to ask you about addy something that you just said before but I something you wanted that. to ask me about yeah um i, I forgot what it was and you you just said litmus test and then you just like to- totally overtook my brain as if you're like some <laughs> chemical engineer um I don't know what I was saying. Like oh. men with strange Twitters, or like... yeah, it was something to do with that. Hmm. I'm gonna have to guide you back yeah. to that thought yeah. somewhere in the head. That it's no, like you, makes you, you never get your, interesting. You never get your end away on Twitter. You know you what? Sorry, what'd you say? Yeah, <laughs> you're never gonna get your end away on Twitter. You're, I did. I can't, I can't understand what what you were saying. Yeah, I follow kind of like my brain glitched, and I just. Well, you're never up. going to get your what on Twitter. Your end away. End yeah. away. Yes, yeah, so that's like a, a UK term for. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say this. Get get your end away, like. I don't know what that means. Someone translate. I'll translate. Yes, guys. (laughs) Yeah, get your end away. It's like, I'm going to shag it. Get your end away. Like, chirps a bird. Um, Finesse a conversation in order to get a bang. Oh, like you're never going to, like, get laid through Twitter? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, I would completely disagree with that. Yeah, I would also disagree with that, to be fair, oh. with my own conversation, with my own comment. <laughs> yeah, I, like, totally think that, like, Why are you, you can totally, like, like, find a girl that will have sex with you from Twitter. Oh, easy. Like, Even after these spaces, I've had, like, after each space, Sefi, I don't know if you get this, 
maybe you do occasionally. After like most spaces, I get message from girls like, oh, "I love listening to the space. Hey, um, just just uh, you know, here an excuse to talk to me." And uh, <laughs> coach, can I just ask you, have you uh, converted in uh, any of them into getting your end away? <laughs> no, I easily can though. The reason is, is because I've been. Wait, wait, wait. Have you actually all of them? Any of them? No, I've been quite. The thing is with me, I've been quite well, strict about separating my real life and my online presence, right? So, so for me, I run a few businesses in real life, and yes. and and also I'm kind of uh, at times have been pretty controversial online, like writing fucking crazy tweets and shit. Sefi, if you remember, like the 23 year old uh, tweets I've written in the past, have I shown you this, Addy? You laugh emoji. Wait, can we stay on topic? I don't know. I don't know if you've shown me, but I just Let when me, you said I'll, it, I could imagine. I'll put one at the top. Anyway, like, so, so for me, I've got like this. <laughs> side of my life where it's like I'm running businesses and stuff so I don't really want like my investors finding out that I'm like pretending to be a transgender on Twitter or something or talking about squirting well, and squirting. Yeah, that's kind of I, the I hard part of like meeting people on Twitter is you know you you have to you can't not dox yourself. Yeah, so, so but this like for you guys that might be kind of difficult. Coach, my, I, I I'm heterosexual, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So right, so you you got girls messaging you after these spaces big up you for apparently having these crypto twitter girls don't know what they look like could be fat and hairy um messaging you or could be male uh messaging you saying yeah do you want yeah there's always the possibility of a mangina messaging you yes have you actually converted any of them into you know actual meeting no i haven't tried but like i'm well there you go so there you go life but like i've got loads of like hairy men messaging me i don't know who's on the other end of the profile but but i'm telling you but jm i'm telling you as an actual girl that you could definitely you you don't what did you say i know i can hear you you're uh, you're an actual girl right yeah you definitely don't have balls and i can see your profile don't know if that's actually you but your voice sounds nice so i'm bullish on you addy beautiful told you (laughs) addy Okay, well, Whatever. it is definitely me. There's uh, like a few other pictures of me in my media, but um, what I was gonna say is, uh, like, I'm a girl, and I'm telling you, it could definitely work. So, like, even oh, if like God. nobody on here has like done it, I'm yeah. saying that like with the right um, rapport going, it yeah. could totally happen. Yeah, I, I like being told to do stuff from that bullish. Easy. Um, for me, it's like a uh, and kind of an anomaly an thing. <laughs> so I've got real life businesses, and at the same time, like I'm kind of crazy online, and I'm I'm imagining like a lot of scenarios. Like one of them is like investors and people in my business and stuff find out that I'm like running squirting Twitter <laughs> and, and squirt protocol and stuff. Another situation is like the I've 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 put a tweet at the top here, Addy. You can look at the the tweet I, I wrote. Like I had a phase of just like writing these these fucking silly tweets. Um and this one got like one Addy, got- have you ever been to Australia? No, I have not been to Australia. Bullish. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, with this tweet, Addy, I got about fifty death threats. And I think if anyone knew my real identity, then like they would have messaged my my mother. But, uh, JM. So, coach, are you are you like with this tweet saying I have two years and then I'm just like fucked? Well, dox me. Your peak is in your your peak is probably in twenty three, so like one year, and then yeah, you're going downhill. 
Okay. So I better like really like maybe I start answering these Twitter DMs. Like I really Abby, need to. How old are you? I'm 22. Right. Your peak is definitely not 22 or 23. Like, there is no peak. Wait, are... <laughs> what do you mean? It was like us. in the past? I don't know. Apparently, coach was telling you there's a peak on some sort of age. There's no Eddie, peak. This, this gentleman wants to join your army. So uh, <laughs> we talked about this, right? I don't know. If I'm going to follow you, Sefi, just to. Uh... Oh, Wait, yeah. You're going to sure. follow Sefi, but you're not going to follow me? I don't no, I've already followed you, Addy. Uh-oh, you're not following okay. me, though. Sorry. <laughs> don't be sorry. I haven't been followed. That's unfair. <laughs> oh, oh no, the Anons want me to follow. Love you all, brothers and sisters. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Coach, do you actually think that, like, twenty-four, like that's it's kind of like over for you? Mm, well, you could maybe add a few years depending on the person, but sometimes it's mm. twenty-three. But Are I you think just trying that- to make me feel better? Like, no, like, oh, th- you can add a couple years. But like, I think that a lot of girls don't realize that like these are the fucking glory years where they can secure the the best guys they can. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of girls kind of mess around till they're like, I've I've seen friends do this. They mess around to like thirty, thirty one, and then they're like, fuck. And he might be uh, doing. He might be using the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio model. You know, mm, right? So it's like nobody under twenty three for him. Twenty five. So twenty five. Well, for a coach, it's 23, apparently, actually. He's a so. different type of beast. Yeah, he's just built different. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I'll definitely keep this in mind. Um, I, wanna, I think it might be accurate, though, coach. It seems like my girlfriend, <laughs> she's 21, so it's like it, I seem to gravitate toward that. I didn't know. Maybe it's just a psychological thing, and I didn't pick up on it. I mean, is, is there is, any man is, that's not going to, like, want a 21-year-old? Like, let's no, be serious think, here. You can still secure men, but your your pool gets much, much smaller, right? And your ability to compete, like... It's actually, I feel like you should take this one. I don't think you need to tell Addy how she needs to compete, just judging by her voice. She does, like... I, I, you can't really judge by her voice, but she does... I'm looking at a profile picture. Maybe that is her. kind of do believe it. Um, and she what she's twenty two. I'm twenty seven, and you know there there is no you know point in that at all. Like, what are you going on about, guys? Like, we're in our twenties for God's sake. You know, we've got to live it. We've got to make money. You need like, to to Addy like what to do because like she's in these fucking spaces for eighteen hours a day. Like she could be out there meeting like really successful men, and instead she's talking to us fucking losers. Like, guys, like no, I, no, I no, feel no, like you never, think I'm never, like a loser because I'm in these spaces, but I've been in Massachusetts for the past week and a half. Okay, I'm not in New York. Wait, never no. ever 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 say that we are not successful, right? Because I am building, mate. I am building. No, we're. I, I am definitely not suc- not not successful. I am really? going to be a multimillionaire. You know, no. w- when people say, "Yeah, I'm going to be a multimillionaire," yeah, it isn't. It isn't good to s- sort of say that and not actually have a plan in in you know in in progress. But I am definitely not a fucking loser. So Man, for, for, so can we hear your take on the tweet up top here? So, yeah, like the, the way I look at uh, coaches' tweets, right, they're very similar to like a tarot card. They're very similar to an astrology session, right? Because like you read it and you're like, hmm, uh, it can't, you can't help but like, like you can't unread it, right? So the thing is, it's like, hmm, um, you know, at some level it's influenced you and it's like 
um, you know, affected your mindset in some way. So that, that's all I had to say. It's just like, uh, it's like it, you have this experience that you're like, okay, what, what did I just read? Um, <laughs> and you have to like figure out, is, are you going to be logical about it? Is it funny? Is it like legit? Like, is he being real? And you have to like think that through for a moment. And it's just, I think it's a funny experience. Right. Like it's, it's, it's the fact that it's kind of a hologram. You look at it on one angle. Like if you look at it through some mental identification of like your ego and, and whatever, you're an older woman or something, you're going to get fucking rattled and crazy. But if you look at it, which, through an, which is exactly what happens, right? That's, yeah. If you look at the responses. Yeah. If you look at it through another angle of like, this is just like play and this is like an absurd persona. And it's kind of a disgusting and, and like ridiculous one to, to see the world through this very mechanistic model where, where love is constrained by chronological age and like biological mechanisms. I, stuff I particularly like the responses uh, Bruce, where like people ask like, oh, like, like, where did you get this? Where did you dig up this data from? Like, as if there's like some study out there, like fucking like, like you're going to publish it on uh, like citations or something about where you got this data from. It's hilarious. <laughs> The funny thing is, like, uh, whenever anyone would criticize me in, uh, in the comments, I'd I'm always... not going to lie. The hyper deflationary asset class thing was uh, exceptional in that in that piece. Thank you. That was influenced by, I think, I think it might have been influenced by you, Sefi. I think it was influenced by me. <laughs> uh, like, like, like you were like, um, yeah. No wonder, you, no wonder this, uh, these posts resonate with me. It's like somehow you're channeling my, my, like whatever and then they turn it into something about like 23 year old women you know how these things happen it's like i'll have a conversation or i'll read something or like i'll have an argument with a girlfriend or something or whatever situation will happen and then it will just like come out of me like i'll like i think i remember writing this particular tweet i was like having a poo and i just started like is bruce actually talking because i cannot hear him if he is i'm just curious i'm to reconnect if you can you'll have to reconnect john so it's okay. the space is doing stuff to people sometimes. Yeah. Gotcha. So I should hey. come back in and come back out. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce, I wanted to chime in and like, it's funny because like a lot of females, they'll kind of think we're just hounds, but you point out it's their, their intellect may continue, continue to evolve, but the physical traits, like you're looking at it dually, both of those <laughs> reaching maximum potential. So what's the reciprocation just in a male, a stance of like a male, where does he, reach his uh peak i guess well i would say males really have no peak right so can you hear me now jonathan i can and i i missed you my, my son i'm surprised like you didn't just assume i was talking it's not as if i was going to shut up for that long you know i'm breathing heavily sorry i'm between sets <laughs> it's fine man like I, I think for guys objectively there's no real upper age i think a guy can can gain sta status like financial resources um any kind of social resources, occupational resources, almost for life, and also spiritual resources. They can become wiser and wiser and wiser. This is the like the, the allure of the older man. And this is why all young women in their heart are open to dating like a very old man, like perhaps like a an old professor or whatever, or an old like silver fox. They're all open to it because they know like <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll happen on these spaces from time to time, by the way. Like, it's just, yeah. like so you don't have a hard time breathing from time to time. You'll see. <laughs> well, well, the, the, the value of the man is like, like his, his, his spiritual core, his groundedness, his mountainousness, his, his experience, his, his scars, his wounds, his spiritual depth, his power, his protection, his ability to, to raise and love a family and give them a wonderful... His saggy balls. 
and yeah, his saggy balls. But at the same time, like the, the value of a woman is purely her, her ripeness, her physical ripeness and her femininity and, and like the, the oozing um, ability to, to channel the divine feminine, um, you know, Shakti through her heart and through her actions and to, to be a mother and to love the world and to love small animals and to love the flowers and to, to be in tune with all of that. You know, it's, it's a different thing. So, so you know, there's a reason that, that men don't really peak. I would say, Cyan, if you ask when men peak, it's, it's at, probably at their, they probably start to go downhill when they, they, they fail to be able to fuck you. So like, that is pretty fucking old, right? Like almost a very old man um, is when yeah, they're good. It's, it's easy to look at, say, like Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody like that, and it's like, 35 was the number that was in my mind. I just wanted to hear your perception on it. Wait, 35? That is pretty damn well, young. If you're, looking, if you're looking at the peak in terms of intellect as well as, because your intellect's going to continue to evolve with just uh, time, you know. But I'm looking at the physical attributes as well. So that's what I was weighing. And maybe no. it's more heavy in terms of like a female, what's valued in our society. I don't think that, like, I think that, women's physical attributes are much more highly valued than men's are although sign you kind of do like like weightlifting and stuff right well that's the point even amateur even pure bodybuilding or something you might get away with being near your peak like early mid 30s or something if you're lucky and then if you switch to like strongman and powerlifting you can get that a bit older because like strength seems to have a like a a, both a, a longer peak and a later peak than than pure aesthetics um but like that's even the most physical things man but like the average guy when he's but, uh, what i was gonna say bruce is like pain. if you're if you tend to be someone that's sort of like um more like in tune with how you look and you're like maybe not obsessed with it but you know you have like a <laughs> like i literally have an entire business specifically for this right like an actual like performance gym but like the the like if people that are into that right there's also this mentality like that i've seen that like you're willing to burn the candle to both ends right like you see it like when we talk to wabi for example like oh i'm just gonna get as big as possible i'm gonna like do this do that and the other thing but then it's like it's almost like you're you're gonna have an aged appearance quicker in some ways because like you know like as your muscles dwindle and, and this and that like your skin's mm-hmm. gonna have a different look to it um so yeah there's this kind of like in like it, it would, I would imagine guys that are like very athletic, right? Who they're much more likely to worry about it than a guy that was never athletic at all. I, I, like it's it's almost inevitable because like you spent so much investment of your time and your men, your mental energy on that particular thing that it's not surprising that when you start to lose it at some point, you're like, wait, oh, like you know, it's almost like a woman if they they lose their looks or something like that, but they're super invested in it all the time, right? So that's like the same concept. Like people that like don't worry about their looks, like they don't spend much time in front of the mirror, they don't really like care as they get older. Like they don't notice it. They don't really pay attention. So I ha- I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. It's just, um, yes, all young women want to be senior sitters for their aging husbands and who can't get their dick up later. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. It's just laughing uh, because I've actually, uh, I know several nurses that married the older doctors and yep. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be wiping someone's like ass, like, you know, when I'm like 40 and he's 60, like, oh, hell no. I don't know. That's that is the other thing that some people don't take into account. Some people, no matter what they do, genetically, they age terribly and it just sucks for some people. That's just it. This um, is I, true. I've, I've been around lots of clinics and hospitals, pulls lots of call. I've seen 25 year olds have a heart attack and a flat 
Um, so it's just interesting that I, I just I love these spaces. So y'all y'all keep going. I love it. I love when you all. You say, when you say that on some level, um, girls are satisfied by a combination of things. So with the older men, they're on one level they're satisfied with being the one who's like the daughter, the one who is is kind of in this this loving romantic sexual relationship. But at the same time, would you not say that in all women is also the urge to be the mother to their husband um, or, or their lover in, in a certain sense to, to care for, to nurture, to maybe um, lift up and carry their husband to the bath and dunk them in it and maybe wipe them down and, and you know, wipe their bottom or whatever. Don't you think there is a part <laughs> of attractive and even like sexually infused in a kind of a romantic essence? <laughs> You're gonna make Nat butts bust a gut here. It's like, <laughs> well, we're, gonna, like we're gonna need a we're gonna need a doctor. Someone call a doctor. Uh, hi, hi, coach. Sorry, go ahead. Well, we're waiting for you. I'm sorry. I don't think I've ever fantasized um, carrying my husband or wiping his ass. That's well, sorry. I mean, how did it make you feel? Like the fact that you, you will now. Like, you wouldn't have laughed unless there was something true there, right? What about uh, in the abstract? Was... Like, <laughs> like, abstractly, the concept of it. What do you do? Like, do you... I mean, listen, there's a reason that Freud read, wrote about family dynamics. Like, they're... Like, I'm sorry, it's just... I mean, like, when I think of fantasy, I, I sexual fantasies, I, I don't think about wiping ass. So, I'm sorry. This is hilarious. I can't tell you. I, it's just hilarious to me, but... Well, I think in, in every girl's heart, she wants to be the daughter. She, and, you know, this is the whole reason that, like, that's the whole sexual thing of, like, saying, you know, daddy, daddy fucking and stuff. Like, on some level, a girl wants to be a daughter. She wants to be protected. She wants to be cared for. In most of my... Sorry, can you meet yourself, Bikram? Or I'll meet you. Um, in most girls, in most relationships that I've had anyway, like, there's the, the sense that the, the healthiest relationships are pretty much where the girl feels like she is my daughter on some level. Like I'm this kind of older kind of protective force, this like, um, I don't know, like educator source of wisdom or whatever. And they're the kind of like the, the young kind of adventurous, like pure feminine aspect. And there's this this definite polarity where I am the, the daddy, if you like. Um, Addy has referred to it before as, as the pimp daddy quality. But I think that's true. I think there's the, the daughter aspect. I think there is also like the equal kind of sexual aspect. When you're entwined and fucking and you're both animals, you know, you're both equal in that energy. But at the same time, I think every girl also longs to be a mother in some way. I think we all know women who have dated guys who, who they've just mothered continually. And there's a reason why those relationships kind of happen and they, they go on and they often sustain like very long term. It's like um, every girl has these kind of triad of aspects, the daughter and the lover and the mother. And, and relationships lean to either one. But I think a fully satisfied woman is, is a woman who is in touch with all of them at the same time. So she is both the daughter of her husband. She allows him to be the daddy. She both allows herself to be fucked by him completely as an animal. And she also carries him to the bathtub and dunks him down and wipes his ass. I'm still trying to figure out where that came from exactly. <laughs> Like, no, I mean, I, he's, he's getting I mean, deep I can, with the psychology. I can consider the mental imagery here, but I'm just kind of figuring out how it came into your head out of the ether somewhere, right? Like, why that particular thing? But anyway, yeah. Well, you just get out of the way, Sophie, and then, like, God speaks through you. 
It's the muse. <laughs> yeah, I would have said like huh? the the mothering. I would have said like oh, like when you know your girlfriend or your wife like sort of like nags you, like that's the mothering. Definitely wouldn't have come up with the image that you gave, but so interesting mm-hmm. that you did. Well, I've I've I, I don't know about you, um, Addy, but like. I have male friends, not too close because obviously I've distanced myself with the fucking pussies. But like I've got male friends who I've met at university and stuff and, they're, and they're, their girlfriends have become like almost a pure mother archetype where they've like been constantly like cooking them cakes and shit and like feeding them and like cleaning up after them and just like mothering them continually. I had a friend who like went from about, I don't know if you use stone over there, but like he went from about 140 pounds to like 240 pounds over this like one and a half year of dating this mother girl just because like every day she make a fuck she made a fucking cake for him or like a big apple pie or something and she was like eat it eat it and then like she she had this sense that like um you only love me if you eat it so he always felt like really pressured into eating these fucking cakes and then i didn't see him for about six months and he turned up one day like on a high street i was walking along like getting some stuff some shopping and i met him like on the street and he was like a fucking like whale like literally so fucking big. And I was like, what happened to you? And he was like, he was like, fuck man, I don't know how to say it, but she keeps making me the fucking cakes and I just have to fucking eat them. <laughs> have you con- <laughs> considered like maybe she had some strange fetish or something and then it wasn't like... <laughs> no, no, no. I think she literally just like wanted to make him feel loved. Mm-hmm. Like he was well, in I her little boy. I think that's a little, like maybe that's to the extreme, but I also think like doing things like that like i really love baking for like although, i don't know now i'm like yeah, nervous yeah. but you're revealing yourself the well, mother although well but no i think it's more in a way like i like i want to like give them something and be like oh look what i did for you like more like not like mothering but more like look i love you and like that is mothering um That's the thing. no That's but it's more like looking for like praise i don't think it's no. like looking for i talked to her i talked to his girlfriend the, the feeder girl and she said exactly <laughs> the same almost word for word she was like, I want him to feel loved. I want him to see this beautiful creation I've made. Like, I want him to see me slaving away in the kitchen for three hours, making this beautiful thing. And then I want him to appreciate it by eating it. Like, this is what she came out with. Like, your exact words, word for word. I know for a fact now, you're this, this mother. Oh my God, I'm not making you're my boyfriends, like, gain 100 pounds. Like, stop. Just, like, to make but nice you know, things uh, for them. From an illustrative point, like, like, if you think about like human psychology and stuff and like you, you meet enough people, like, especially like in medical and things like that, you realize that like your understanding of the human condition actually is like more like, like it's more, uh, like you, you prove certain possibilities at the extremes. Like for example, uh, like when you meet people that like in very extreme types of, oh, I don't know, like um, occupations or extreme types of like very, very, very specific sexual interests. Or you have people that are like, I don't know, like prisoners, like serial killers and shit, or like, um, or like, like really, really hardcore military types, things like that. Right. Like it's at the extremes that you kind of, or, for, or even for that matter, like when people have, like we talked about it before, like people have certain types of brain damage, but that leaves them with like certain types of behavioral quirks and stuff. Right. Um, it's at the extremes of the human condition that you realize what's possible and that actually probably uh, some of those possibilities are within many of the people you meet on a daily basis. So like none of these things like surprise me at all. Like, like when, when people say all these things, like I'm like, I've seen all of that. Like there's like almost nothing left to surprise me. It's weird. Oh, that makes me feel like, I don't know, 
a bit unloved, Sefi, because like if you've heard everything we're all going to say, then like I don't know. Well, I mean, it's not that it's not that. uh, Well, you say all sorts of things I might not have like specifically heard, but the thing is like. Um, like it, it doesn't surprise me necessarily that they occur is what I'm saying, right? Like the, the type of people you're describing, it doesn't strike me as particularly impossible at all. Like it's, it's like, like, which, which kind of makes it funny. Cause like, you know, it can happen, right? Like, it's like, like, like sometimes it's like, wait, is he telling a story? Is that legit? Like, but then you're like, wait, no, it could be legit. Cause that kind of people exist, you know? Mm. It's interesting you have that process. Cause I don't have that. Like, you know, when, when somebody thinks like, is it real or not? I just don't give a shit. Like it's, it's, I don't know. I've never really had that thing that people describe. They often like, are you telling the truth or are you lying? Are you trolling me or are you serious? And well, I'm I like, think, I think my, dis- yeah. my descriptions of weird situations are a bit different than yours. Like, like I've had plenty of situations that are super, super weird, but like, um, maybe like, uh, it's more obvious that they're true because I'm like maybe providing like some sort of like, <laughs> like some sort of evidence or something like that. Like I'm trying to qualify the remark, like, Oh, this is true because of X, Y, and Z. Whereas you'll just say something and you were like, wait, wait, are you, really? Are, are you sure? Like, is there any more details? <laughs> like, like, um, there's like, we're looking for those like little subtle details. Wait, wait, is that real? Like, that's what actually happened. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, maybe it's just me. I, maybe it's just the way I, way I think of it and how I describe like weird situations mm. that like I, I almost like feel like there has to be something qualifying. Plus, uh, you're very different than me. And, like you've dated a, a, a lot of people, which which is not the case with me. So it's like like yeah. the, the, the experience is very different. Like your experience with women is going to be very different. Your your interpretation of all these different like experiences can be very different. Like, so like, uh, you, you know, you're like, it's almost like you create like this body of evidence. Like you have this like experience set that's very different with lots of types of people. And it's like, it makes a different, uh, but I understand the concept. Cause like, I see lots of people in my career, right? Like in very intimate sort of like, uh, like deadly situations. So you, you get a sense that like, yeah, you get a feel for that when you've done it a lot. So same with you. If you've dated a lot, you're going to have a better sense of like, you know, how women act or whatever in, in your presence. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've put my penis in every, every color, every shape, every volume, every length, um, every density of woman you could imagine. I got to give you that. So you probably have dated more than a lot of us. So you probably do encounter women or other partners quite frequently. So I can just say kind of, myself and i was thinking do you think it matters if for instance if a woman had two parents like a mother and a father do you think it makes a difference how mothering they are i'm just curious at your thoughts there's no right or wrong answer obviously Mm, how mothering they are oh like how inclined they are to this this mother archetype thing right Um, mm, i don't think i've ever dated a girl oh actually let me think I had I dated a, a girl who had her mother die at about when she was about eighteen, um, and I think she she just seemed kind of emotionally a bit like suspicious, didn't trust very easily. Um, but there was like more to that story. I don't think I've ever dated a girl who had a, a mother die very young, and who or who lost it completely. Certainly, when a girl doesn't have a, a father figure around, and he goes missing young or he dies young or something, they can be very um, emotionally closed. And quite hard to open um but like that's i guess what you call traditional like daddy issues or whatever um yeah i'm not really sure about about girls who have missing mothers i don't think i've i've dated too many of them 
Um, only a few girls who had their, their mothers die when they were like in their teen years. Um, yeah, um, but, but, you know, it's, it's hard to base anything based on that. Both of them were, were quite like emotionally closed, I would say. Yeah, when you get super specific like that, it's like, <laughs> like your, your subset's going to get smaller and smaller. It's hard to tell if mm. you're, uh, what, what conclusions to make of anything like that. There are more interesting things with, um, with a lot of my guy friends in that um, the, the guy friends, and there's like a, lo- a lot of interesting studies about this too. Men who lose their fathers very young or have no father are often um, much more industrious, much more entrepreneurial, and more inclined to like what you'd classically call genius, like j- just the, the the kind of crazy creativity and stuff. It's almost like, um, like they're, the Elon Musk thing. Yeah, it's almost like their their industry in the world and their their drive for for doing things and creating things and and maybe blowing their ego up to the size of the world is somehow. Mm, somehow expanding to fill this lack of fatherly praise if you like it's like there's a there's a there's a drive to somehow fill it and also i think it's the relationship with the mother as they're growing up the fact that they have to kind of in in many cases embody kind of this this more mature um this more mature male aspect right like almost like a kind of a an emotional balance for the mother um or, or kind of like a father aspect if you like like a like a husband aspect because there is this this huge loss, this grief in the woman's life, this emotional tragedy, and at the same time, um, it's like it's like the the child knows that on some level, and they become kind of emotionally strong and and more resilient, and they they are in some sense like a ground for the mother. Um, so I've seen that many times. Like my most industrial friends have had um, tragedies in their lives. Like it's really kind of consistent um they've had like the loss of a father when they were super young or no father at all or the father ran away or something like that um my own father was quite like um he wasn't it's not as if he passed away or something but he was like working 18 hours a day so i didn't see him much at all like i go to bed and he'd come home after i went to bed and then i'd wake up and he'd he'd gone to work (laughs) by the time i'd woken up so it was like that for a long time and he worked um my dad was uh like a a radio station presenter, like a DJ, um, working around the world and presenting radio stations and managing radio stations and stuff. So he had quite a hectic, hectic like career. Um, but yeah, he was like not around that much at all. And but yeah, all of all of my industrious friends, friends who've who've, who've had like a lot of success and done crazy things and live with a particular interesting intensity where they've really gone for things, have typically had um, a missing father. And the research as well, like a lot of the, the great geniuses of history have had, have had no father or a father who died very, very young. So it's quite interesting. I think it has a more profound effect on, on males than it does on females. I sort of think, though, like Natasha, your question earlier, I know it was for coach and I can't speak cause on it because I also don't, I definitely have not dated as many people. But like, I do think like, and he you know, gets kind of a lot of criticism, but the general idea of like Freud's family romance, I think is not super far off base. If you think about it in the sense that like, you know, our like very formative years when we're younger, the relation, the relationship that we have to our parents and like the way that we learn, like what love looks like is reflected in every single relationship for the rest of our lives. Like that's just, you know, I think it goes back to like, when we're forming like you like 
trauma and stuff like that is literally like held in the brain and held in the body not to like sound like one of those people that's like the body keeps the score but I mean stuff like that is so true that I think it's sort of impossible not to have something like if you're missing a parent or you have like you know a very contentious relationship with one of your parents especially from a young age to not have that reflected in you know your relationship dynamics in you know however that manifests I think it can be very different from person to person I don't really think that there's like a set of, you know, actions that somebody that has quote unquote mommy or daddy issues like sort of falls into. But certainly like I can't, I definitely like affects the way that we have romantic relationships and also like friendships to some degree. There's certain things that like the mind doesn't forget or call it the mind, the body or whatever. Like, um, for example, um, like music. Uh, so like, it's something like the age of, I think, 20 or 21, 22, something like that, where, you know, whatever music genre was your favorite, like if you were to be introduced to a song, like maybe 20 years later, and it was just in, in that genre versus something else, you're more immediately going to like it compared to other songs that you're not like used to it. So for example, like, you know, when you're young, you like rap, you hear something and, you know, 20 years later and it's wrapped, you're more likely to resonate that with that than, let's say, for example, I don't know, synth pop or something. So, like, in, in music, it's very, very deep. It's like, um, like whatever you decide to listen to up until that age, um, it's like you are subjecting yourself to something, your, your mind, your sort of like, you know, your heart and like that kind of maybe that, um, I don't know, like the tuning of your mind where the, or the resonance of it, you're sort of tuning that resonance to some, some permanent, uh, position. I, I think all of you can kind of probably notice this. Like if you ever, whatever genre of music you like, right. You, you're almost, uh, if, if, you know, like if you hear something much, much later and you're like, Oh, it's kind of retro, but I like it. Cause it's like similar to what I used to listen to. Um, you get attracted to it fairly quickly. Um, so I think there, there may be some of that like has uh, to do also with other things that you just sort of vibe with. Things are not like analytical. Like you don't think about music from an angle of like, okay, you're going to think this through, you're going to jot this down in a notepad and like do the math on it and some shit, right? Like it's similar to like um, how you might experience love in a family or something. Um, it makes sense that like whatever that feels like to you, that sensation is like a memory and you're likely to sort of do that similar thing later. It's like a, like a, like almost automatic response at some level, probably. It's probably why it's bad to have like, you know, child abuse and stuff in houses <laughs> because like, uh, uh, like it, that response is probably going to take place at some point where that child's going to do something to somebody else at some point or another. Uh, just cause like when there's some level that, you know, you like you figure that people should release their, um, sort of like hidden anxieties with violence somehow in some way. And like, it just, um, like it will seem more normal to you essentially. Um, but at the same time, there's like, there's flip sides to that, right? Like there's like the, there's always thought like, for example, I don't know, like gun violence or something would be much more common if people play a lot of like shooting video games it turns out like it's the opposite is true too. So that's another weird thing. Like in a game situation, like uh, you could get to the point where you're like maybe saturated with that idea and you just don't care about it anymore. So like if you're playing Call of Duty 24 seven, those are not the people that are out there like, you know, shooting up a school or something. Usually they're uh, it's interesting. It's not the same people. So maybe that serves as kind of an outlet of some kind, or maybe, 
you know, it gets you maybe bored of it or some, some other thing. I don't know. So it's like, it's, it's hard to tell Eddie, like it, it, it's kind of, these kind of like experiences tend to be circum, um, like circumstantial in a sense, like some people it affects them and other people it might have the opposite effect and you don't know why. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Like with psychology, like when you were talking about like child abuse and stuff like that, like on the one hand, you might have people that like end up replicating that abuse with like future partners. But then on the other hand, you have like kids that witness child abuse, like um, almost it can be difficult for them to um, like get into relationships where they're experiencing like, I don't know what to call it, like non-abusive or normal love because um, like their body's response to it feels abnormal. Like if they're not feeling the um like adrenaline that oh, they some, had associated there's some kind of lack of intensity or fear or something yeah and so it doesn't feel um like it just it feels so abnormal to them whereas like the you know trauma response or like the response that they had when they were experiencing experiencing the abuse was so common that it feels normal and it feels comfortable because it's something that they're familiar with it's like um you know the familiarity is almost better than the um, you know, the unfamiliar, like healthy sort of love or relationships, which is something that's really interesting. And like, I've read a lot of, um, like books about it and like, uh, like I know some people that are like in psychology and stuff like that. And it's, it's such a strange thing. Cause it's also a pattern that's really, really difficult to break because it's so, like ingrained that that is like actually what's normal, even if they know logically that, you know, that's not like a healthy or a normal quote unquote relationship. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. Mm. Talking about trauma. Did you ever try the shaky thing again, Sefi <laughs> or whoever else was here? Oh my gosh. Uh, it's okay. No, I probably need to tomorrow. I'm, I have like an actual day off from work. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> the perfect time is when you go for a run or you do like a, I don't know, I'm not imagining you as too physical for some reason, but like if you go for a run or you do some squats or something, then then do it after that because it's like a pre-fatigue, so it helps. Um, was, what are you I, talking about? Were you there, Addy? I was talking about, um, was Addy there? I don't think she was. Or was she, Sophie? I can't remember. Well, you, I, I talked maybe about, if about, she didn't recognize her so far, probably not. Well, I maybe she was drunk or like zombied out <laughs> on like a load of drugs or meth or something. I don't know. She does these weird things. Oh my god! Get, come on, give me some credit here, please. What I I didn't like catch what you said. <laughs> what, what are you well, talking about? On one, of, on one of these spaces, I was talking about things that are related to what you said. Like, um. So I lived as a, a Buddhist monk for a year and a half, but I also explored a load of other things like um, different ways to release trauma, like breath work and the work of, of Wilhelm Reich, bioenergetics, um, and also stuff like um, ways of releasing trauma that's stored in the body. Stuff like you're talking about the, the body keeps the score and waking the, the tiger and Peter Levine and all this stuff. I've, I've like gone deep into all of that stuff. I think it's fascinating. Uh, and I think like a lot of the approaches these days go straight to the mind when when going to the body would be much better. So 
for the last like five years, as I've taught people to to be more at peace and and to have greater well being and, and better clarity and, and stuff like that, um, I've used a lot of these techniques and I've taught a lot of these techniques. And and one of the techniques is a thing that is known as it's not how I discovered it because it's like a just a universal phenomena. It's a thing called TRE. Trauma releasing exercises. I don't know if you've heard of this, Adi. You'd probably be interested in it. Um, if you come to London and hang out with me, then I'll show you how to do it in a, in a park in London or something. It'd be quite funny. But um, it's a way of it's a way of triggering the the innate mechanisms in the nervous system to release um, stress and tension and trauma from the body by basically shaking it out. When when a young child is upset and it cry and like a young child cries or something, typically there's a kind of a shaking response in the body, right? So so the legs kind of quiver. Um, if there's anger or something, there's there's typically quivering. What you'd call in a more kind of scientific way, you call them like um, neurogenic tremors. It's the the automatic shaking of the of the the limbs and the parts of the body to dissipate this sense of like a sympathetic buildup of of arousal of stress in the body. Um, and animals do this too. Like if an animal is 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 in a fight uh, to the death or something, and it survives, the animal will typically like lie down and shake, and that is like the the dissipation of of the stress buildup. Um, and and animals and 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 young children and stuff innately have this mechanism, this kind of release mechanism. Otherwise, like every animal that ever got into a fight would be really fucking traumatized, right? Like it wouldn't be able to function; it would get PTSD. But for some reason, animals don't really get PTSD because um, a lot of well, they they do. I mean, we've all kind of seen a, a mouse get traumatized by a cat or something, right? Just just fucking shuts down and dies. But at the same time, like like animals are pretty resilient because they're they're quite tapped into their nervous system, the the natural functionings of the nervous system, right? So um, somatically, like on a bodily level, we can release a lot of the traumas that that build up. Um, except that that many of us kind of either don't know or or lose touch with or kind of move far away from or disconnect from the body so so this thing is called tre trauma releasing exercises it's it's basically a way of of getting in touch with this natural tremoring mechanism um i don't I, i'm guessing you weren't there Adi, by now but like yeah i don't i or i might have been like a look up. i'm not sure the, the best thing to do is 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 try it so you look up on youtube um tre or trauma releasing exercises and then a uh, full tutorial or like full demonstration or something like that. And it has you go through how to activate this. And it involves basically progressive muscular fatiguing. So you fatigue the muscles around the psoas, like the, 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 the connection between like the, 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 the lower legs and the lower back through the, the pelvis. Um, you, you fatigue the muscles around there. And then you start, you initiate vibrations in the psoas. And then over time, like doing this regularly, these vibrations spread out through the whole body. They become, um, to start with, you initiate them by muscular fatigue, but then over time, they become these, these what you call um, neurogenic tremors, like releasing tremors, somatic releasing tremors um, that spread through the body and release the whole body eventually. So I've done this thing. I, I did it like when I was younger. I did it for like two years um, of, of lying on the floor and shaking. And I had all kinds of interesting, like fascinating experiences. It's, it's like another space. I talked about it for like an hour before. I don't really want to go into it now, but it's it's an interesting thing. It's a it's a way that somebody can regulate their stress levels and their their level of of um, trauma and and release all this buildup of stuff. And it's it's like a fascinating thing because the body just does it. Um, if you look up TRE, like 
just just go on YouTube and look up TRE and you'll find things like military veterans doing it. You find all kinds of people who've had PTSD and trauma in the past doing it. Um, you'll see like what happens to say military veterans when they had, you know, maybe, maybe a military veteran had a, a trauma, like a grenade exploded near them. Right. So one of these, or like a mine exploded near them or a roadside bomb or something like that exploded. And at the time, their body kind of curled up into this protective posture. And at that particular moment in time, there was a kind of a crystallization of, of somatic trauma. Right. So, so the brain rapidly rewired. In that moment in time, in those minutes, it rapidly rewired to this PTSD state, which got incredibly sticky because um, in this particular moment in time, there was, a, there was an input, a stimulus that was too intense, too overwhelming for the body to process, right? So it just stuck. It lives in the body. And then during T TRE, during these processes, um, after learning and stuff, it's like um, the, the body of the veteran naturally assumes this kind of posture this protective posture it's like it's like a chapter started during the original trauma during the original explosion or whatever and then during the tre process during the releasing process the body kind of curls up to to resume this 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 posture where the somatic trauma is is stored and then it can finally shake it out it can release because now you're not in in baghdad or iraq or wherever you're not in afghanistan you're in this safe environment. So it's like the, the wider part of your mind, the, the more mothering, accepting part of your mind can say to the rest of you that, hey, it's safe. You know, you, everything that happens here is, is safe. And whatever sensations and whatever perceptions you experience are safe. And then there's a kind of a sense of, of dissipating and maybe intense sensations and feelings and emotions and whatever else and crying and, and all kinds of crazy shit can happen. But there's a sense of, of completion of the original process that initiated during the onset of these traumas. So it's a really fascinating thing. Like you can, you can look it up and look at people doing it and try it yourself. Um, sometimes it can take like five, 10 sessions to really get into it properly and, and understand like how it works and stuff. Um, I did it every day for like a, two years because it was so fucking fascinating. Um, it sounds kind yeah. of like, um, not like totally the same thing, but I do a lot of like yoga and Pilates. And one thing that I do every day is like, um, I think it's especially maybe more significant in women but um like mm. hip hip openers um because you can store like a lot of built up trauma in your hips and it's actually really interesting when you do them like sometimes you'll feel really emotional um it's sort yep. of the same thing like the release also something that i think is so crazy um sort of also like a little bit similar not totally the same but sometimes women when they're breastfeeding will like experience these like super intense waves of emotion like they'll be like sobbing and just feel yeah. like and it's sort of similar like you're also like feeling this sort of release um in like those specific parts of the body that can hold a lot of trauma and tension so i'm definitely going to look at that though is it something i can like like do i have to be doing this and like like uh like the privacy of my own home or is this something I can like do at the gym or is everyone going to be like, no, you, you want to do it. You want to, you want to create some kind of like space and, mm, okay. and just do, do it yourself. You can, you can like sneakily do it in a park or something, but, but there's a sense that you want to, you want to allow yourself space to have any kind of experience that you might have, like if it's mm -hmm. emotions or whatever. Um, but there's, there's like a gradual kind of, it's, it's, it's really a re-remembering process. It's like your nervous system knows how to do this fundamentally, but 
there's been a, a buildup of tension. Maybe for you with yoga and stuff, there'll be less tension because you've released a lot of stuff. But there's been, in generally, most people, there's been a buildup of tension and also a kind of, a, I don't know, like a, a cultural um, indoctrination or whatever to, to not do this kind of stuff, to not quiver, <laughs> to not shake. Um, it, it's, it's like buildup over time that we've stifled ourselves, right? Like on a somatic level, we're kind of stifled. We don't do the things they do in, in like native um, tribal situations or whatever, or in animal situations. Uh, we, we've kind of suppressed a lot of that stuff. You know, we hold back the tears, we stop the shakes, we do whatever else. So a lot of these things are quite suppressed. But but um, if you just, what I would do is like on the room of your floor or in a private space, just just try it. Like go through the routine, pre-fatigue your legs and stuff, and and try it and and like stick at it. Do it every few days or whatever. I started doing it every few days and it took about, I think like 10 sessions to really fucking get going. And then it was just like this, this endless journey of just fascinating things where different parts of my body release themselves, where, um, different emotional traumas or somatic traumas in my past, uh, you know, when I was a kid or a teenager or whatever else seemed to release themselves progressively. It was a really fascinating journey of, 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 of releasing, um, and you're right, like it's, it's you get like a hint of these things when when you adopt certain postures or, or you loosen your hips and stuff, you realize that, that the, the, the kind of the emotional um, contraction and limiter valve of the body is, is like the, the posture of the body, the muscular contractions in the body, and also even like the posture of the face. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. Like I, I've always found like the word neck quite interesting, like the neck, like what is the neck? And, and when you do this kind of trauma release work, you realize that the neck is like a bottleneck, right? It's like the, the, the bottleneck that stops the emotion coming up. So you can do, um, like I've, I've done things before when I was doing this practice, like TRE, lying on the floor, where I've like consciously scrunched up my face into like a crying face. And that is what has allowed the emotion to like come up through my body, through my neck and through my face. And like I've started crying because because I controlled um, the the limiter valve of my neck with my face. It's it's I don't know if you're you're familiar with any of this kind of stuff, Addy, but it's like a really fascinating exploration. Um, I did it for like two years, just like insane uh, releasing and stuff, and just exploring it and kind of um, doing it for myself, but also just fucking curious where it would go and how to use it with other people and stuff. Um, but I realized it's just like this this innate mechanism we all have and we can all do. And we can all re-remember. It's like a dormant mechanism in the body. And it's also this, this funny sense that, that all of these different ways people use to, to reduce the amount of stress they have, like, um, you know, just the different things they do, like listening to hypnosis or, or <laughs> like some kind of relaxation routine with, with, I don't know, lighting candles and whatever. Doing, it's, it's like all of that is kind of bullshit on some level when you realize that your nervous system has this, this, this dormant process inside it that can just take over and release you. It's like a return to this, this innate kind of primal um, thing. And when it starts happening, you realize it just fucking does you. Like you can be stressed and upset or whatever, and there'll, there'll be like a, almost like an inward call to head to the floor to lie down, and it will just do it. It will just start shaking it out. And um, it's, it's, it's a funny thing because it's so impersonal. So when it happens, it's like, it's, it's almost like you're, you're in the hands of a, a masseur or something, like a, a kind of a, a, a person who is doing it to you. You know, when you lie down on a massage table and somebody like starts manipulating your muscles and doing things, it's, it's very similar to that. It's like the process is just doing you at its own rate, at its own speed, in its own sequence, in its own order, doing whatever the fuck it likes. And you just like, 
lie there and it takes over and it releases you. It's 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 really fucking fascinating. I think you'll find it interesting, Eddie. Hey, yeah. So sorry to cut across, Coach. Um, I just thought I'd swing by. Uh, I've just well, I woke up not that long ago. Somehow I'm going to get up to go to my appointment to get my hair cut uh, because we were up at three o'clock last night uh, talking to David Goldstein. Um, and I wake up and, and I look down and see you're still on the space. And I just like, I, it's always surprises me. It always surprises me how everyone here has got the stamina. Like, Sefi, do you, do you guys sleep? When do you sleep? I don't understand. Fortunately, so, uh, I have the weekend yeah, to myself. I've, I've got like two minutes, but I'm good. Sort of join and say hats <laughs> off. I'm, I'm really impressed. And uh, well done, everyone. Jesus Christ. Sefi, That's are about you about so, 2.30 here. Are you going to try these trauma-releasing exercises too? Well, I'm going to, like, uh, I need to go and, like, look at some of these, like, YouTube videos and stuff <laughs> oh, that no, he talked about. No, no, Rush. It's not like it's, it's, the thing is, it's not like a, a thing you try. It's not like a drug you try or something. It's something your nervous system knows how to do. So it's like when you learn right. how to do it, you'll, you'll pretty much always do it forever because it's just a thing like your body. Uh, like after doing it for a long time, there would be like some like incredibly stressful day with business or something. And at the end of the day, I just feel like a call to the floor, like, like my body just saying, get on the fucking floor. You know, like when you have a sexual urge or something and, and, and you just like start masturbating. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's like you have an urge and you start masturbating or you have sex or something. It's like the urge prompts the action. In the same way, this has its own like kind of inward uh, intent or urge where you're just like, you'll know, you'll feel this like overwhelming urge, just get on the floor and release. And then your body will just start shaking itself out. And then like at the end of it, you have like this, this rebound from a, a sympathetic state, like a, a state of arousal and stress to just this like deep, parasympathetic like relaxation state it's really fascinating it just does it it's a so, it's a remembrance so it's not did, did you get to like this did you get to like some point where you're like oh like just suddenly have the urge to do this you're like <laughs> like you just have to you know you're maybe like walking down the supermarket aisle or something right and then like wait i need to do this yeah then you have to find a place to go do this somewhere no it's not like it's not like such a weird fucking it's not like you're you're this this guy who has to masturbate everywhere or something. But but certainly like after doing it for a long time for me, for for going as deep as I did, I found that that I could do it sitting up and I could do it standing up as well. So it like it's it's like the idea of lying down with some preliminary kind of stabilizer wheels to 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 focus on the the psoas, these muscles, like this this Well it almost like, seems like you'd fall otherwise, right? Like like the whole thing seems like it's fairly um like distracting for your like sense of balance mm, i don't know quite what you mean but it's like it's a thing you can tune into it's 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 like your your mind is a, a kind of like an fm radio or something and you can easily tune your your dial into this release and then the somatic release will just take over that, that was my experience of it so it's not like it's just going to happen you're not going to start quivering as you're you're walking around but you can intend you can you can intend, so you're, but you're consciously trying to move every muscle you can perceive simultaneously no you're doing nothing at all it does it for you it does you you'll see as it happens sefi but, but you're just like waiting for it to happen you just have to do it sefi um i think it'd be fascinating for you because it's a, it's a process that will have no like analytical control at all it'll just fucking do you <laughs> so so it, like after experimentations you'll be like 
you'll be like, fuck, like, I can't explain this. It's just happening. Well, it's like kind of like breathing. Like you could do it voluntarily or involuntarily kind of, right? It's kind of. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. It's, it's just some, some ancestral uh, function of the nervous system that is like stifled or forgotten that, that kids do, animals do, but you can re-remember it. And, um, it's like, it's like the more you do it or, or the more, um, recently you did it, the, the more you're, mm, I don't know how to explain it but exactly. If I, but if I do this and I want to like, periodically, like, let's say licking myself to clean myself, right? Like this, like if I convert myself into like this lupine, like creature, right? Like mm-hmm. then, or a cat, maybe like Addie's cat, like I might, um, I might come back to the space and say, Hey, um, how do I stop licking myself? No, no, it's, it's always, um, conscious intent. I just have saying is like, like this primal thing. Like what if it's like, uh, you, you go like too primal, right? Like you go old school. Uh, No, like, but it's, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you're like, Steffi, but for me, when I find a thing that's interesting, I go too far into it and then I balance back, you know, like I become this obsessive and then like over time it's like, Oh, that was like, yeah, eventually you have to do something new. Right. It was my learning process. Like when I discovered yeah. how good meditation was and stuff, I did it like 16 hours a day. It's and interesting while you're learning it, but not so much once you have mastered no, it. Like, like you, you, for me, I give myself permission to, to kind of follow it and devote myself to it and experiment with it and follow my curiosity in a very raw way. And then often that leads to a kind of um, an unbalancing thing where you go too far. But then over time, you like you kind of integrate it into your whole personality or your whole like mind, if you like, and then you can use it in a healthy way. So like I, yeah, I went too far. It probably became like too primal, too shaky for, for a while. But then, but then it's like just a thing. It's it's like you've. Uh, but from that, like in, I can speak about it in depth. I can talk about these interesting things. I can teach other people. I know all the ins and outs. Like if if somebody tries it and they have a particular issue, I I will have experienced that, so I can give them feedback and stuff. So it's like the the cost of extreme depth is yeah you get a bit imbalanced but at the same time you get the benefit of like really fucking exploring it and and also the qualification as a teacher if you like or a guide mm, interesting but it's just a thing you have to try like it's your your nervous system knows how to do it deep down and you access it by fatiguing the muscles and starting these tremorings and then and then you just yeah you just carry on doing it every so often and over time it's like the 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 kind of the coating of tension that suppresses this stuff and um you your innate remembrance of it just allows it to happen more and more and for me it just gradually spread through my body like over many sessions over maybe 50 sessions it spread from my from my hips to my legs to my my lower legs and then my torso then my upper body then my neck and then everything was fucking going at the same time and then after a certain level um, there was an interesting transition as well. Like at the start, when I was experimenting with this stuff, it was, there was a sense that, that I was the one who had to kind of lie down and initiate it and go through these procedures. And there was a sense as well that I had to kind of intend it to happen. But then after like session 2025, I just realized like it, it was just literally just doing me and it had its own process. It had its own sequence. It was very fascinating in many ways because I'd lie down. And I wouldn't know what how would happen. And then it would like work on my my right leg for the entire session. My right leg would be like spazzing around, kicking in the air, um, going left and right, like quivering and stuff. And it would like it would like focus on the right leg. And then the next session I would lie down and my head and my upper torso would just fucking twist around and shake and stuff. And like my, my mouth would just open wide. And you know what and- this is you know what this is like? I'm thinking about this like it's like um 
So you know how if you take, uh, if you touch someone like in three different places, uh, they like, it's like three points is like approximately what someone can sense. And if you go to fourth, fifth, whatever, the the ability to localize those extra points decreases, mm -hmm. right? It's, um, but I wonder if maybe like what you're experiencing is like, similarly, like if you try to control sort of like all your muscles simultaneously, it's very difficult. So what your mind does, it sort of like, it just drills it down to like one place, like your leg or your back or something that ultimately like does this. Cause it's hard to maintain control doing like a, a tremor exercise or something like for extended periods of time, like for like, let's say 15 minutes or 20 minutes. No, it'd be very difficult to focus that long. No, it's not, it's not any focus at all. When you do it, you'll find that your, your attention is just like wide and almost daydreamy and there's no really? focus. Like you're just, just, you're just letting it happen. It's just doing it. The whole thing is doing it. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that. It is like, this this thing where like one foot will do it and then the upper the, it's it's literally random like sometimes it's your entire body just doing it and sometimes it's like a particular area the the point i was trying to make is it just has its own fucking sequence for some reason and and the the intuition or at least like based on my understanding and stuff like the reason this happens is because um you have to be you have to be like when you're dealing with like these old traumas that are stored in the body that were quite overwhelming at the time, you have to release it slowly. It has to be like a, uh, I've talked before in one of the, our last space where it's like, you know, when you have a car tire or something and you very gently release the valve and it like slowly hisses and very slowly deflates. That's the approach you need to take with this trauma stuff that's stored in the body. Because if you go for it all at once, it just becomes overwhelming again. And then you hit that wall of like, this is intolerable. So, so like in, in the example earlier, when somebody has like a roadside bomb or a grenade explode next to them, that was an intolerable situation. The nervous system was overwhelmed. And that's why um, PTSD, uh, there was the, the rewiring of the brain in that moment, like an overwhelmed state, stuck in fight or flight, like somatically kind of um, coiled up and, and, and interrupted and and establish that that kind of um neural groove of ptsd that that lasted potentially decades right it just it's it's an incredibly lasting thing so it's it's like to to release that it has to be done in a very kind of gentle and slow way and there's this sense that that when the body goes through these processes the shaking mechanism it's like it's it's being gentle in the same way that you're releasing a car tire slowly it's like it does a little bit and and it, it almost checks that there's a kind of a, a level of, of relaxation that permits it to be tolerable and acceptable and, and safe. And then it will do something else and something else and something else. And it's like it works around you in a very fascinating way. It's like it's like the body innately wants to, to unwind and uncoil itself and release all the trauma. But it knows innately that it can't go to this like overwhelmed state because it wouldn't get anywhere. So it just does it slowly over time. It's it's a it's a fascinating thing. You have to explore it though. It's like one of these things where I'm like, I can talk for ages about it. Well, in general, I guess your body is is make you're using movements that are acceptable to like social context at all times, right? It's like your your body movements are kind of like uh, you know we talk about body language, obviously, um, but it's not like let's say for example, if you are making the movements of a swimmer but you were doing so at the office, it would be really weird, right? Like people would look at you funny and whatever. So it's almost like the, the, your, your, your body's always in this, like, um, like, I don't know. It's, it's trained to sort of be like, uh, do certain things in a specific context. One for efficiency, obviously you don't want to be like 
you know, making swimming motions when you're, I don't know, running because it makes no sense, right? Like there's, there's like the functional thing, but there's also like the social, um, like behavioral piece of the puzzle where like you you do things because it sends a message to the people around you. Like you stand up straight or maybe you, um, you know, whatever you, you avoid doing certain movements that are weird. Like let's say you're on an airplane, right. And you just start flailing your arms randomly here and there. Like you can do it. It's physically possible. No one's stopping you. But at the same time, it's like you wouldn't because, um, you know, someone's looking at you and this type of thing. So maybe what you're talking about is like almost like this, like disconnect from that, like worry about whatever, like, uh, um, you, you, your body should normally be doing during these periods of time. Yeah, there, there's a sense of um, like culturally or societally or whatever. Um, there's been a kind of a stifling of these natural processes, right? Um, it, that's why I quite like if if you look up something like TRE polar bear, um, you'll you'll see footage of a polar bear literally like shaking itself out after it's being. I think it's been like um, somebody shot like one of those sleeper darts at it, right? <laughs> So it was like chased and traumatized. I think it was chased by a helicopter or something and traumatized. And then after the, the sleeper dart like wears off, the polar bear just starts shaking, like shaking out this, this like somatic trauma of the fight or flight of the chase um, and relaxing itself. And then the, you can watch the breathing as well. Like the breathing goes from like kind of hyperventilating to, to deeper to then like more of a relaxed phase. It's yeah. Like there's, there's a part of this that's like, um, culturally or societally or whatever, we've, we've kind of like forgotten how to do this. Um, and, but, but I, I can talk forever about this stuff, but you just have to literally try it and you'll realize that it's just like this, this innate primal aspect of yourself that will just literally release you yourself. I think it's one of the most fascinating things to give people because it's a thing that requires no willpower, right? Like if I'm teaching meditation or breathing exercises or some kind of therapy like CBT or whatever else, like psychoanalytic therapy or something, I have to to say something and the person has to do something and they have to sit down and meditate for half an hour or control their breathing through um, conscious intention for half an hour. And there has to be an allotment of time and a sufficient will and whatever else. And they have to, to go through this thing. And, and there's a timeline to, you know, you know, when is this thing going to work? But, but with this, with this trauma releasing exercises thing, it's such an innate thing. It's such a fascinating, um, thing that is just inside us as a function of our nervous system that it just does it like there's no willpower you just lie down and it does it <laughs> like there's there's a bit of difficulty getting people to that phase where where th it's like their body remembers it or they kind of um relax enough of the tension and the the kind of uh, there's a mental inhibition sometimes as well like people get too remember that state i was describing earlier sefi where like the person is like overlaying this this analytical mind way too much um, and, and focusing on things way too much and like controlling their body and tensing their body way too much, that kind of thing can kind of stifle it or slow it for sure. Um, so in, in many people, there's a, there's a, like a release of tension, the initial yeah, tension. The, the other, the, um, the you know, like image I get when I think about this, like tension release idea is it's always comes back to my mind. Like, you know how they have those like evangelical tents and then there's like this preacher and they're doing this whole thing. And like, you know, hallelujah, praise the Lord, blah, blah, blah. And then like, there's these um, people that are just sort of like, like, I don't know, doing like a, you know how you do it, like that, tr that trust game where you, you fall backwards and you hope Addy catches you, that kind of thing. Um, like this team building exercise, but like these people just are like, like, you know, like what, what do you want to call it? Like passing out or just kind of 
like loosening up their muscles and falling or I don't know what you, what you call that whole thing. That kind of mm-hmm. like ecstasy thing that they're doing where they're kind of uh, just like freaking out. Wait, are you talking about in church? Like when people start. Like, yeah. Like, those like when they start things. speaking in tongues and then they. Like, no, no. Like more like where they're. The, the, uh, the, like, the, like, the, oh, the, the religious ecstasy. They I touch the head and like the person falls and, you know, all that sort of shit. Thing. Yeah, is it kind of like this idea that like you're just kind of loosening up or releasing, and this is somehow like I don't know, this kind of like you you've gotten yourself into such a fervor that you've you're 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 ready to kind of like release your nervous control of your body and just let it collapse, kind of or something. No, it's like it's funny the way you're thinking about this as well. Like for me, it's just like try it, <laughs> that's it. And like, no, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. It's just I'm just trying to just find analogies for similar kinds of like. I'm trying to picture like what scenarios. it looks like. I feel like maybe Steffi's like is doing the same. Like, does it look like you're seizing, or does like I just you know how sometimes when you look on YouTube, there's like a thousand videos of people doing it. I know, but I'm like trying to just visualize it without doing that yet. Like, you, you know, when you like, okay, you're like falling asleep. Maybe this is just me. Or like, you're falling asleep or like after you, okay, that's just, you're falling asleep. And like, you, like you're, um, like my legs will sometimes like start like kicking when mm-hmm. I'm like almost asleep. Is it like that? Like unintentionally or like, I'll like have a little like spasm, but I'm, it's like, it really varies. It really varies. Like sometimes it's like it's like your body knows how to release itself, and and sometimes there are like quite fast motions. Other times there's more of a, a kind of a rhythmic thing. Like I've had situations before where my head was just going from side to side very slowly for like half an hour, almost like a weird kind of slow massage. And other times it's more vigorous. Uh, it's just it really varies as well. And there's and there's a variation in the emotional quality in the body as well. Like um, I've had phases where I've, I've I've laid down on the floor and there's been like an immense sadness and and like the body has kind of curled up and I've, I felt like myself, I wanted to get in like a fetal position and just cry or something. And then other times it, it's been more of like an anger where it's been like a vigorousness in the body and, and like kind of kicking and, and shaking in quite a vigorous manner. So it really varies. Like it's, but it's just, I don't know. I've, I've, some part of me like bored of these, these kind of descriptions because it's just like, try it. Like it's, I'm yeah. telling you more than <laughs> enough to try. Like and and when you try it, the the river you find, like the river of interestingness you find, will be more than sufficient to to carry you on. Um, mm. to, it will be. Yeah, it's just sort of like yeah, you just keep exploring it because it's so interesting. Yeah, Nothing. the um, and you'll the, be like, that's fascinating, and it will just carry on. You, you you if if you're anything like me, and like if you're a cur- I think you're a curious person, Sefi, especially for yeah new things but like if you're anything like me the just the pure curiosity of like this this new process that is doing itself um and like the re-remembrance and this 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 feeling of uncovering something almost like an archaeological dig or something like you're uncovering uh, a thing that your body can do that it has always known like ancestrally or whatever um that the, is just a functioning that you forgot and it will do itself that that's well you, you sort of know some of these things are there you can it, like you intuitively know that because like imagine like many people here have had like a tension headache or like maybe uh you know just kind of just maybe aching in the shoulders or in the back or something like that right and you sleep for like five minutes and it's gone Right. Like it's uh, and so it's like, where did all that go? Like, what the fuck happened in five minutes that like that could have happened? 
Um, and, and you can kind of get an idea that like this neurologic control over your, your muscles is there. And like, for some reason it's sort of like an overdrive or something. Right. And then you, you fall asleep and wake up and boom, it's gone. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. There's these, it's yeah, exactly. But there's, what I'm saying is there's just these moments where you, you notice like there's this, there's this ability to visualize this idea or feel this idea that, um, like these things are true, like these neurologic effects on your muscles and this and that. And it's like, it's not really obvious why they're there. Like if you think about it, like, okay, why am I aching everywhere? Like, how is this beneficial to me or whatever? And so like, I think that like from a medical perspective, it's like, is there a purpose to all of this? You know, maybe not, uh, or at least nothing that's particularly obvious, but, um, but you do notice it like when, when it disappears all of a sudden, um, you know, doing something so simple as sleeping and you're like, wait, uh, it was there the whole time. Like, why did my brain just do this while I'm awake? Like what's going on here? Um, it, it's very, it's kind of strange in that respect. Also just sleep in general is strange too. If you think about it, like what is it for? Uh, nobody's figured out what it's, what it does. And then like, um, the absence of it creates certain issues. Um, and, uh, but yeah, there's like almost like this brain neurologic control thing kind of starts to haywire after a while if you don't get enough of it. Um, so yeah, you like, I think everyone has a sense of like their, their bodies like controlled by these forces that are not entirely conscious at all times. And, um, like, you know, when you become unconscious, these, these things just disappear all of a sudden. So, you know, that they're a thing, but you, but then you wake up again and you do this whole thing over all over again every day. Right. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of how it, it, yeah. So maybe like what you're like this kind of thing that you're describing is sort of like the release of some of those capabilities or whatever that you wouldn't normally um, sort of recognize because your, your brain isn't sort of in control of it and you're trying to trick it into releasing these uh, capabilities sort of. Yeah. Yeah. But literally just try it. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it's, I think it's fascinating. Um, just try it and then report back. <laughs> that would be interesting to me. Yeah. And then we can start this movement. And then I like, I'm imagining a situation <laughs> where I, I probably taught like a hundred people this thing. And, and yeah, like you always have this effect. Like when I've, when I've, I mean, I still run businesses and stuff, but like in the past people have, have asked me, they come to me and said like, how do I start a business? You know, how do I move my ideas forward? What's the next stage? Da da da. And then inevitably like 5% of them do anything right. Like most of you probably have the same stuff. 5% of people, um, do something, the rest just like either either their idea turns into nothing or they become weirdly protective of their idea or something like, oh, you better sign this NDA. And I'll tell them like, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. Like if you have an idea, like share it and talk about it and conversation itself will further it and and you'll get opportunities through that and stuff or like they'll they'll do some really weird fucking thing like some weird expenditure of time like they'll 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 spend ages researching a particular thing or they'll spend like an enormous amount for an app that they haven't even validated as like a valid business idea or something like that so like it's the same thing with this i've taught probably 100 people and and maybe 10 have pursued it to any significant extent and maybe 5 have like carried on till now and and the five that have have just been absolutely fascinated by it. Like it's it's just a an interesting thing. There's a conversion thing as well, which is quite weird because I didn't expect it to be the case for this like innate bodily mechanism that is like uh, the the probably the, the one of the best things I've found to release stress in just this effortless way. Um, obviously, stress is like a thing that that everyone these days suffers with and has no idea really how to release. So they just build up and build up and shout at their partners or whatever else. Um, so it's like yeah, it's 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 interesting. 
that um, there's this conversion thing as well. So I hope you guys carry it on. I'm hoping that like in in a month or two, we can have like a shaking space and you can preach the word. You can carry on the gospel. <laughs> We're all going to like shake in the space together. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Simultaneously. <laughs> I've done it on Zoom. I've had like six people on Zoom and taught them and stuff. No, um, you did not. You had yeah. six people at the same time? Yeah, yeah. Like, Where did you find six people simultaneously that wanted to do this on Zoom calls? Friends like I taught. COVID thing? No, no, friends I taught and also from like meditation groups and things like online. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, but yeah, made friends through that and stuff. Uh, I've also had an interesting situation where I had a group of friends in a house on MDMA and uh, I taught them all it and they all shook really fucking easily. It's like the inhibition uh, that that you usually experience like in the in the conscious mind. There's usually a kind of a, a psychological inhibition um but in this situation they all just started shaking like crazy um it's like how everyone says when they're like on ecstasy like you love people really easily and it's so like you know whatever yeah missing all of the sort of like walls that you keep up i guess in everyday life yeah it's like they got out of the way and they just started doing it i was telling safi as well um, there was a, usually when you learn this thing, it needs about 10 sessions because you need to kind of gradually, um, release the, the, the store up of, of tension in the muscles and also kind of re-remember it. And, and it just, it gradually progresses over about 10 sessions. And then, then it's like your body just like fully remembers it. So you need to persist a little bit, but I was telling Sefi last session that there was this Indonesian guy I taught. And literally five minutes after teaching him it, he was just like spazzing like a full fucking exorcism. And then he got so fucking freaked out by it that he like got up and he was like, what the fuck did you do to me? And he was like, he was acting like I was a fucking witch who put a curse on him or something. And I was like, no, no, it's just like a natural thing in your body. It's just how your body releases tension, da, 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 like reassuring him. And he was like, I'm never fucking doing that again. Because <laughs> he was so fucking like, he was freaked. His body just whole. It's I, I was. It was in the kitchen of my my university when I was I was doing like a neuroscience masters. He was in the kitchen, um, and like I turned out the lights and stuff and laid down this like blanket to put him on and stuff. And uh, and he he like five minutes in, he was literally just spazzing around like a fucking exorcism. No joke at all. And he was like looking at me as it was happening. He was like, "What's going on?" Like horrified. I was like, let it happen, let it happen. Then it got even more intense. And then he fucking sprung up. He was like, I'm never fucking doing that again. <laughs> I don't think he ever did, but it was funny. But but the interesting thing about that was like the cultural difference, right? Um, in, in my dealings with him and like other Indonesian people and stuff, they're much more, um, I don't know, in touch with their emotions and stuff. They're, they're different, I think. And it's like- is, is that a crowd that tends to believe in kind of more of a, like a voodoo destiny kind of thing? Or like what's their- like, what's their cultural vibe? No, no, I, I didn't. I didn't even tell him what was going to happen. I just had him lay down and do the exercises and stuff. No, what I meant to say is, like, in his head, like, how does he see the meaning of this thing? Like, oh, I, I don't know. I think he he thought I'd done something to him, but but I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? But that's uh, what I mean. Like, for him to kind of you do this thing, you tell him it's an exercise thing, and then he goes freaks out, and then now he thinks you're a witch doctor. Uh, like, the, it's almost like you'd have to have some. Like strange I think was, reference where like people think uh, like, like in other words, for him to think that like, this was some kind of like no. weird, weird act on your part. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. There was like a, it was like a joke on his behalf a little bit. Like you've done something to me. This is too crazy. But his, his like thing was like, it was like almost outside. Oh, of he was joking. Okay. Yeah. He was like, this is too crazy. You must've done something to me like this. And, and then he was like, 
Uh, let me remember now. He, he, I think it was just a thing that was like too out, too outside of his worldview. It was like too crazy, so he just stopped, <laughs> like never thought about it again. Which is quite interesting when it happens sometimes. Like something, some someone can encounter an experience that's like it just doesn't like fit into their their frame, like their framework. So they just stop, like it just doesn't work. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting. But only a few people have carried on, but the ones who have have had like tremendous rewards and still do it. Um, and they think they've th- discovered this like treasure that's living inside them. Hmm. <laughs> I think, uh, anyway, uh, it's like, I think 3 a.m. over here. So uh, to be even remotely uh, useful tomorrow, I think I'm going to get to bed. Um, Addy, you, you're you like 4 a.m. already, right? Yeah, I was like about to say that I was going to get off. I have to get up super early because I'm like traveling back to New York. So, uh, well, you're not driving, are you? Oh, no, no, I'm not driving. I was going to say, <laughs> geez. That would be really, really bad. <laughs> that would be bad. Anyway. Um, all right, guys. I guess we'll catch up later. Cool. Yeah, try it. Shake it out. Yeah, I'm going to try it tomorrow for sure. <laughs> Look I'm going to get back to you on this. If you this just join group. up um, trauma releasing exercises on YouTube, look up like trauma releasing exercises, full tutorial. Uh, look up TRE and polar bear and animals and stuff. And and you'll discover like a whole fucking rabbit hole. It's fascinating. And it's and it's probably the, the, the best thing you could ever learn to release stress. Like if there is something in your life and you're experiencing a lot of stress yourself and there's something you want to learn, make it this thing. Cause it's it's a thing that does itself without your conscious willpower. It's it's like the easiest thing you could ever learn. Um nice. and it's it's a gift you will carry with you for life. I guarantee it. Perfect. I'm gonna give it a few tries this weekend, see how we're going. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part Cephi space, When Full Moon, discussing Luna, Lunk, and Adam astrology charts. Recorded on Friday, September 9th, 2022. For tarotspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep a hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, star screen jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Little Dan envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you 
me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a billion In the middle men listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Channel Spaces